The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Seidel, and you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Burial the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chill and let them have it because this is just an intro keeping the strong style six stars from the get-go boy yeah from tampa bay to the tokyo dome this is keeping it strong style with your host jeremy donovan and the young boy joshua smith and thank you for listening welcome to keeping it strong style the ace of podcast on the social suplex podcast network Jim Dobbin here with the young boy Josh Smith and Chris Samsa. On today's show, we'll review the 50th anniversary show, preview the 2022 New Japan Cup, and cover all this news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing and following the Social Suplex Podcast Network or keeping a strong style on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating interview. You can also get all the podcasts over at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting SocialSuplex.com slash donate and clicking the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This episode is brought to you by the NJPW EXT, the only browser extension for NJPWWorld.com with features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, Custom and share plus synchronized viewing parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. You can visit NJPWEXT.us today for details. Young boy, Chris, how you guys doing? Hello, hello. New Japan Cup season, let's go. I'm just so glad to have our friend Chris on the show. It's always great. I, I, I was listening back to last year's episode, and Chris was on there for the New Japan Cup preview as well, so... You know, I've got a, uh, I, I'm also on the New Japan calendar, right? So I've got this calendar of, uh, of events that I, that I fly in for the uh, Keeping It Strong Style big old preview for. So New Japan Cup preview is, is uh, one, of my, uh, one of my favorites because New Japan Cup is uh, an easy, digestible tournament for people to dive into New Japan with. And um, it'll always hold a little special place in my heart because... Um, I think it was 2020 when I came on the show and we were like just getting back into everything and like we did the New Japan Cup preview and everything felt like just a little bit more normal then and yeah. Um, here we are in at least in Illinois. I know that you guys are in Florida, so nothing has ever changed. But um, <laughs> in in Illinois, um, all of the mandates and things of the sort are, are seemingly going away. So I'm starting to feel um the return to normal and i think we're seeing that in japan too a little a little bit getting there you know i think they're a touch a touch behind us but uh there we're starting to see some confidence that we're gonna figure this thing out in a way that we can we can go forward so the new japan cup will kind of be indicative of that again so that's that's a cool uh full circle moment two years in the making and it well i don't know i guess a year and three quarters because that was like june so, but yeah, I'm excited to be here. Love, love doing the big old previews. I assume I won't get any sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's going to probably be 
a long one. I, I did debate about having uh, 48 guests on to, <laughs> you know, break down this 48-man bracket. But I don't think there's uh, 48 podcasters out there covering uh, New Japan right now. Just three. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got tons of stuff to uh, dive into. Uh, first thing before we get into anniversary and New Japan Cup, we got to crown the February match of the month and February wrestler of the month. Uh, I'll kick us off with the match of the month. So we're going to go with the Okada Naito title match from the last night of the Golden Series tour. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this matchup? You know, I, I, going into it, I was like kind of down on it because it's kind of like it's one of those matches that you expect to see in the Tokyo Dome or in these huge spots, right? And this didn't feel that way, but damn, by the end of that match, it sure felt that way. Um, great match, a reminder that these are two of the best in the world, a reminder that Tetsuya Naito is one of the best in the world, if anyone forgot, which people forget that, that Naito is about as good as it gets. Um, and he he's right up there with the rest of them, and that was just a, a great reestablishing match for Naito. And, you know, continuing the, the, the run that Okada's on since really the G1. He's just, he's fantastic, and he's a winner. And I, you know, I didn't expect Naito to win, but I also bit on a lot of the near falls and that's all you can ask for in a situation like that. So, um, probably my top match of the year so far and we'll see how the, the rest of the year plays out. But I was, um, they got me, they got me right into it, which is awesome. Young boy, you have any other thoughts on this matchup? Yeah. Okada Naito, you know, we gave the full review last week, so I'm not going to, rehash everything but i uh completely echo the statements and sentiments of chris there and you know um we'll talk about it but i don't think this will be the last time that we see these two wrestle during this uh calendar year and in fact i've got it booked out to where we might be getting a rematch this coming month during the new japan cup mm. Yeah, that's awesome matchup. Like I mentioned, we, talked, we reviewed it last week. Just If you haven't watched this yet, definitely go out of your way. Definitely the highlight of the Golden Series Tour. The only highlight. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, young boy, why don't you tell the people who our wrestler of the month is going to be? Gotcha. Now, before I do that, Jeremy, what, what month specifically did we start this podcast? We started in November of 2017. Okay. And I think that um the last time that this individual was awarded for wrestler of the month was in december of 2017 all those years ago when he and his at the time tag team partner evil were the winners of the new japan or of the uh, world tag league and all these years later he has finally gotten back to the pinnacle wrestler of the month for keeping it strong style one named sonata and uh you know this wasn't necessarily the strongest uh touring season february uh i think this was a little bit lower than what we're used to from what we see from like say new beginning tour but sonata made a great accounting of himself he was uh involved in all of those six-man tag matches with the rest of lij and those were usually the match of the night or the highlight of the night for the majority of the tour all of his interactions with uh you know uh, tanahashi and okada and then at the end of the month he went ahead and finally you know won a singles title for the first time in all these years that he's wrestled in New Japan, finally uh, defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi for the U.S. title, which um, 
definitely is criteria enough for this month for him to win Wrestler of the Month. So congratulations to Seiya Sonata, our Keeping a Strong Style, February 2022 Wrestler of the Month. Chris, do you have any thoughts on the, the U.S. title match and Sonata's big title win? The U.S. title match was great, and, you know, I would like to see that title get, like, an, another, like, establishing reign. Um, and Sonata could be the guy that, that could do that for a little bit. Like, they, they have been bouncing that title around quite a bit. Um, the match was good. The match was really good. And Sonata has been um, crisp lately. You know, I think Sonata has a reputation of um, you get one version or the other, right? You get sloppy Sonata or you get you know, crispy Sonata and, and he's looked pretty good. Um, so I can't debate that. And I think the, you know, you get in there with Tanahashi and you're probably going to have a good match. Right. But, um, you still got to execute and that match was great. And, um, yeah, he was, uh, he was good throughout all of the undercard stuff. There's yeah, no complaints about Sonata in, in a little while now. So, um, hopefully this is some, a track he can stay on um i've got uh, a secret about sonata i don't think it's that he's crispy or not crispy or lazy or sloppy i think the the reality is that he can follow to the highest levels if he has the right dance partner they can carry him to extreme levels but if he is in there with somebody that uh is beneath him he cannot take them to the to the mountaintop I mean, yeah, that, that, that's a good point. You look at some of his better matches usually are against guys like Saber and Tanahashi and Okada, and then when he's in there with some of the, the lower card guys, it's not always uh, the best stuff. But uh, let's uh, move on now to the uh, talk about the anniversary show and New Japan Cup. Uh, first thing here, we had some news coming out earlier in the week about uh, Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tenzon. So. Both of these guys were announced as being off the anniversary show and the New Japan Cup shows. So New Japan announced that it decided that Ibushi would take more time to recover from his shoulder injury. He suffered back at the G1 Climax 31 Finals back in October. Tenzon was also out due to a knee injury during the Golden Series Tour. They said Kota Ibushi has been diligently preparing for a scheduled return on March 1st at the Nippon Budokan. However, after careful consultation with trainers, medical staff, and the NJPW Medical Committee, and based on the results of a final medical evaluation, a difficult decision has been made to delay Ibushi's return and remove him from the anniversary card. As a result of both Ibushi and Tenzon being off the New Japan Cup tournament, they have forfeited their matches. So Great Okan, who was set to face Ibushi, will now advance to the second round, facing Taiji Ishimori on March 12th. Tenzon was scheduled to face the winner of Taichi and Toriano to take place on March 9th. So the winner of Taichi versus Yano will advance to a third round wrestling next on March 15th in Aichi. And Ibushi and Tenzon were also set to be a part of an eight-man tag of the anniversary show. And they were replaced by Yuto Nakashima and Kosei Fujita. So guys, thoughts on uh, Ibushi and uh, Tenzon being pulled here? I mean, when Kota Ibushi went down in the G1, I don't think my first thought was, yeah, I'm going to see him in March, you know? So I guess I'm, I, he looks okay or whatever in, in social media stuff, but I, that's a hell of an injury to come back from. So um, not surprised that they pushed it back a, a touch. So, um, and Tenzan, I, you know, had no idea he was hurt, but 
Uh, I can't imagine many people had him advancing in their bracket. So, um, you know, so be it. Such such is such is life. Hope he's okay. You know, he's one of those guys that you're on retirement watch with, right? So right. you gotta hope he can get past this and have another maybe another fun run, kind of like he had with the United Empire last uh, last winter around this time. You know, maybe he's got another at least another run for somebody in in him um before before we start to see him uh taper down yeah it would be nice for him to get you know kind of a big send-off or a special kind of tour we've seen guys like uh, nakanishi and liger and some of those other guys have gotten recently in the past few years and you know he he, he obviously not you know prime tens on now but he goes out there he gives effort when he can and he's you know, he still tries to do a moonsault. He'll hit the, uh, the the chops. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he can, uh, you know, recover and be able to, you know, end off his career on a high note. He is also, like, of that generation where, like, if you can get into the ring, you're going to go. So you got to figure this. Assuming this was just the one match he was going to have in the Cup, um, even if, whether it's Yano or Taichi, I I gotta imagine if he can't go, that's more than maybe one of the younger guys being pulled out. Yeah, I mean, based off of the anniversary show, I mean, they're willing to put anybody. <laughs> the olds can go. <laughs> you know, we always talk about olds on top, so you know, New Japan's definitely you know embracing that mentality a little bit here with the uh, 50th year uh, celebration. I mean, you kind of have to for <laughs> 50 years. I mean, I get this one. This is not just like your miscellaneous booking of, of the olds. but um, And Tenzan's not like that. Like right, we're right. not there yet. Right, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can't. Can't put him in in that in that crowd just yet. But that's a, there's a whole generation before him that was coming through. So we did have uh, two questions here about this. So first from a uh, Twitter follower at Reese of Cake. What do you make of the almost false advertising New Japan just demonstrated by announcing Ibushi before he was fully cleared to compete? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of people that, that wanted to make like a big, uh, you know, hubaloo or whatever you want to call it about this whole thing last week. Um, you know, this wouldn't be the first time New Japan's done something like this. If you recall, last year before uh, the Wrestle Grand Slam card, they like literally were still had him announced up until like the day before, and then he. So I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I think that they have plans and they try to stick to those plans. And they want to go forward with them and they're hoping for the best, and then it doesn't pan out that way, and they end up unfortunately having to kind of like, you know, audible. But um, this isn't something that they've had to do too much in the past just because most of the time they haven't been dealing with this many injuries and, you know, maybe they do need to reevaluate some of their uh, practices, I guess. But uh, it is unfortunate. You know, I think a lot of people want to see Kotobushi come back, obviously. You know, the one thing you can give them credit for is they're being completely transparent about what took place what clearances were or weren't given, you know, what efforts were made, what, you know, that's the situation. It just kind of sucks. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't think there's any like malicious intent here. I think that I, my bet would be that Ibushi is really close to returning and that he had one final clearance that he needed and he, he didn't, he didn't get it. 
and or he wasn't comfortable. He finally got to the point where he had to stand up and say like, "Hey, I I don't think this is the right time yet." So, I don't think there's I don't, I don't even know that I would call it like false advertising. I think that they needed to announce the tournament and they did and they can't you can't really do X, you know, and hope for the best and hope that it's Ibushi, but it's somebody else, right? So, um but I, I'm sure they want him to come back in a big spot, like the beginning of a tournament, right? And the only, the next spot for that would be the G1. So he may just need to come back with a title match or something, you know? Like, they're they're going to try to put him back into the, the top-tier mix. So I don't know that this was going to get him there, just based on what his track was through the tournament, but we'll talk about that at a, at a, in a little bit here. I'm also like this isn't this is speculation, but I'm just on a hunch that he's probably rearing to go. <laughs> totally, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. No one wants to sit on the sidelines, you know. Right. So yeah, don't think it was false advertising, but uh, obviously, you know, I would love the Bushi to to be in the tournament, but I mean, there was definitely upset alert, you know, kind of circle in that match there with Great Okan, especially with the way New Japan books when a guy comes back from injury usually guy comes back doesn't always win their first match back usually has to you know come back they're rusty they have to uh, shake off the ring rust and then they are rebuilt back to whatever level they're they're on um then we had a question here from njpw ext danny says it was irresponsible of new japan to book one of the entrants favorite to reach the finals before being 100 certain that he'd be able to compete and to make it up to his fans will tenzon win the g1 this year <laughs> well you know uh Tenzon is Mr. August, all right? So you can never count out. Just like you can't count out Chris Jericho, you can't count out Tenzon. Anything's possible if you just believe hard enough. So that's possible. He's had some really good G1 runs. So (laughs) maybe Jeremy and I were just talking that maybe there's one more run for something in there. I don't think it's a G1, but... if if Dang. they did put him in a G one, that would actually be false advertising because they already gave him his send off. So that would be a, a fucking lie from the company at that point, a real lie. Well, you know, this is an AEW, so maybe New Japan could break their stipulation and get him in there. And then you stop playing around, put Kojima in a G one. That's what they need to do. Seriously, like, what more does Kojima <laughs> have to do? This man's out here having bangers, you know, <laughs> having an awesome match with Will Ospreay. Uh, you know, no DQ matches, feuding with United Empire, coming to America, fighting Moxley, fighting Billy Tom. Like, this man should be in the G1. But uh, I do think there's a lot of people that are, like, overtly angry about this whole thing. They were angry before it was, uh, you know, not or was putting him in the tournament against his will, his orders maliciously. And uh, I don't think that was ever the the case. I think that was all just storyline. But then it turns out he really isn't cleared, which we've seen a lot of from New Japan, them kind of blending real-life stories into works. And I think that that's kind of what was happening here. And, and then people want to point to it and say, see, see, he's not ready. The company, you know, they're, they're, and I'm like, how careless is it? The, this company, New Japan, this is the careless company, the way, you know, the way that they handle the custody of the performers and their health and with the screening and the testing and all the protocols, like, come on, let's be real. <laughs> if, if you think that this company is like careless, the company was acting maliciously, we'd call it out. I don't even give a fuck. Uh, they don't pay us, you know, but uh, you know, I think a lot of people just got worked up for no reason. And then now I think they're transferring their disappointment about not seeing Kota Bushi in the tournament 
opt back onto the company, which is like they can't do anything. And at some point, he will be back, and it'll be great. Yeah. So let's uh, move on to the uh, anniversary show here. Uh, so we had the anniversary show this morning on New Japan World. And opened up, we had a uh, parade of legends. So a longtime announcer, Kiro Tanaka, he uh, announced all the NJPW alumni to the ring. So we had uh, Wataru Inui, Jushin Liger, Konyaka Kobayashi, Seiji Sakaguchi, Niro Honaga, Taiga Hattori, Motoyuki Katazawa, Milano Collection AT, Minoru Tanaka, Masahito Kakihara, Kazu Yamazaki, Yoshiki Fujiwara, Akira Maeda, Shiro Koshinaka, Kengo Kimura, Mashihara Chono, Kijimuto, Ricky Chozu, and Tatsumi Fujinami all came out there. There's also a video message from the original Tiger Mask congratulating uh, New Japan on their 50th year anniversary. We had Sagaguchi thanking everybody for support. Okada came out. He paid respect to the legends and um, talked about how this was, you know, Anoki's vision, and it was a great little celebration here. Yeah, this is cool. I mean, I uh, it was it was fun. It was lighthearted. It was enjoyable. It was cool to see these. Uh, you know, my man Tiger Hattori coming out was cool. Um, yeah, a, a incredible group of wrestlers coming out to to start the night at the anniversary event you know i i i kind of just imagined that they were going to do something really really big or you know i'm sure they tried to get Inoki or check in on his health or get a video right and um something something's going on there but um it was a it was a cool little thing the hat tip to the past right so and that's kind of that's kind of how new japan is and uh, i thought this was really enjoyable it was nice to hear Liger's music again, too. Yeah. I didn't see this, but uh, hearing the list of names that you just, like, mentioned, those are all names that are literally, like, so, um, you know, I'll be happy when I finally see it. That sounds amazing. I didn't even know that they were going to be, like, trotting out all those legends, so. Yeah, I don't think they announced anything ahead of time, but, um, so, yeah, that was a cool little way to kick off the show and to celebrate the 50th year of New Japan. Uh, though from there, the opening match, we had the House of Torture, Show Evil, and Yujiro Takahashi. They defeated the team of Oiwa, Yo, and Tiger Mask. And uh, Tiger Mask, he came out to the original Tiger Mask music, but that was, it was uh, copyrighted. So we couldn't hear it on NJPW World, but they, they heard it in the arena. Uh, but of course, House of Torture here uh, picks up the win as uh, Yujiro hit the uh, pimp juice on. Um, Oiwa to get the win for the team. Uh, so moving on from there, we had Bad Luck Fale, Taiji Shimori, and ELP all representing the Bullet Club. They defeated Minoru Tanaka, Takamichi Noku, and Taichi. Uh, pretty cool seeing uh, Minoru Tanaka back in action. We reviewed a lot of his stuff when we were doing our final countdown series during the uh, pandemic, looking back at some of the Best of Super Junior stuff, and um, you know, he looked in really great shape um, and was mixing up there with the uh, the Bullet Club guys and, you know, uh, did a great job on commentary, kind of mentioning his history with um, Takamichi Noku and kind of why he was teaming up with Taka and Suzuki here. Um, so, yeah, uh, Tanaka is definitely somebody, I think, with the way he still moves and can go, I mean, I feel he's a guy that should be brought in more. He looked like he wanted to run in another Best of Super Juniors. Yeah, man, was uh, looking I mean, he looked good. Yeah. He's been working, what, in Glake? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, I mean, that. that relationship seems to be strong. I'm sure we'll talk about that as we go. Yeah. And then also something to note here in this match, we have a continuation of the story with uh, ELP and Ishimori. Uh, ELP just, you know, having that lack of confidence, wasn't able to hit the super kick, but he did hit the uh, Thunder Kiss 86 uh, to get the the win here for the team. But also, oh, can we talk about the uh, that 360 camera thing they've got? Yeah, what, what were your thoughts on it? It's cool, right? I mean, it, they they... They seem to have a good feel for what moments to pick to use it. So for those who haven't watched, they've got this new, I guess, camera or set of cameras that um, it, it basically, it seems like it takes a still shot, right? And then like, it's like a, it, it'll then move and it's like it takes a full rotation around the ring. Kind of like if it's like a video game, right? And like you have control of the, the camera um, and it, it they did almost one per match on this whole show i think yeah um and they would pick like a cool moment so the moment for this match was when elp was in the air um to hit the the splash whatever whatever he's calling the splash i'm not a moves guy uh, thunder kiss um, 86 yeah thunder kiss 86 and it that was kind of neat um i don't know it's if it's up there with like the noah cinematic look but it's uh, it is a neat production element that I you know I'm glad to see some advancement in production with New Japan because they seem to have just been content with where they were at. So it's fun to to add something. One thing that's weird that you bring that up. So I haven't seen the show, so I'd have to check it out. And keep in mind, I don't recall this ever occurring. But it, it's just a weird coincidence. Yesterday, I was listening to an old shoot interview from Boss Rutten where he was talking about his time in New Japan, and he described exactly literally to the t what you're talking about he said that they used to have this 360 camera and he talked about a moment where he threw a high kick and when he threw the high kick it like stilled in on it and then 360 to round so maybe this is an old feature that they used to use and they're bringing it back for the 50th anniversary because mm. or maybe not maybe i'm wrong but i the strange thing is boss Rutten was literally talking about this exact same thing years ago in a shoot interview so that's weird yeah, it's definitely yeah. a welcome addition to the show, and I feel like we haven't really seen replays in general since the pandemic has happened. Uh, a few, not a lot though. Not like they used to. Like you used to know when there was a replay coming in a in a big match. Yeah, it's been really like arbitrary when they choose to do it. There's times where you think they should definitely do it, and they don't. And then there's times where they do it, and it's just like it's just Okada kicking someone in the face over the rail. He does that in every match, like. <laughs> i wonder if that was a pandemic uh staff and and headcount thing mm. you know they didn't they didn't bring the replay operator to everything because they needed to cut a headcount thing is there a guy that just has one job to push the replay button you think maybe i think i think in a lot of um yeah in a lot of live sports that is the case there's a, oh. someone 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 is ready to put together any like instant replays because the live guys have to keep filming live nah we can't be doing that if uh you know if like naito's taking like 25 percent pay cuts we can't afford to pay a guy to hit replay (laughs) (laughs) i think it was 24 percent. so whatever (laughs) round up round down this this man's poor (laughs) uh but yeah yep naito's hurting Yeah, 360 the uh, replay was definitely uh, a great little touch here to the show, and hopefully we'll, we'll keep it going uh, moving forward. 
Uh, so the next match we had uh, Stronghearts, uh, Lindemann, T-Hawk, and Shima. They defeated Doki, Kanamaru, and Desperado. And this match was a ton of fun. It was so great seeing Stronghearts in there and just how fast they are in their double-team combos. I, I felt bad for um, Doki at the end. They, they like, killed this man with their, like, comp- their triple-team combo. Yeah, th- this was really fun. I mean, Stronghearts are great. Um, they've... They they're a welcome addition, if you ask me, to to the ranks in New Japan. I think that they, even as kind of the outsiders, just you know parachuting in for for events like this or or anything else, like it's a cool uh, that's a that's a neat addition. And they this match in particular was really 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 fun. They and the Stronghearts seemed like they were. It's hard to tell if they're like over right, but it seemed like they had people behind them um in in the building so that's good to see too yeah definitely and also we don't have audible cheers but it definitely seemed like there was like a the energy kind of shifted when those guys came out and they were just moving super fast uh shima got the win he pinned doki at the end there and then post-match we had a stare down between uh l lindemann and desperado we know despy has been saying he wants to wrestle these guys and so our spine starting to see that play a little bit here as these guys were Staring each other down, Despy, uh, he was thinking about maybe, you know, running it with Lindemann right there and then, but he thought better and just went to the back. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they had a lot of support from the outside or from, uh, you know, domestic fans. They came from a bigger company, AEW. (laughs) Real stars. (laughs) You get on TNT and you're, you're over. I don't think were they ever on TNT. I don't think. Yeah, they, they had a dynamite match. <laughs> I think <laughs> they had like like one, but yeah. hey, hey, the AEW bumps real, <laughs> <laughs> and, and they were on pay per view. So yeah, stars, <laughs> stars. Uh, so uh, after that, we had uh, the United Empire back in full force here. Aaron Hanare, Jeff Cobb, Will Ospreay, and Great Okan. They defeated Yuto Nakashima, Kosei Vegeta, Yuji Nagata, and Satoshi Kojima. Um, Not sure how that's possible. Why? I mean, look at that. Look at who they beat. I mean, that's like upset of the year, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Kojima was there, so definitely, you know, could be an upset with uh, you know the strongest arm on the other side, but. Yeah, United Empire was back in full force. They thought looked really good here. Um, this was another fun matchup, and again, I feel like United Empire, those four really gel really well together and had some great offense here. These young lines, they were, they were getting destroyed uh, by these guys, and uh, in the end, it was Ocon who hit the Eliminator on Vegeta to get the win for the United Empire. What you say? Another win for Ocon. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he seems to be streaking. Yeah, this man's coming in hot to this tournament. <laughs> uh, then after that, we had Lij, Bushi, Hiromu, Shingo, Naito, and Sonata. They defeated uh, Koshinaka, Toriyano, Ishii, Hanma, and Togi Makabe. And uh, you know, commentary did a great job. Um, you know, letting the fans know like this was like the original uh, great bash heel of all these guys here, and so. And they were kind of the you know, Lij, kind of you know, tweener, rule breaker kind of role here so you kind of had you know the original great bash shield versus lij and kind of you know this match of you know two kind of tweener rule breaker groups uh, facing off against each other here i i don't know how i like missed that 
the like it was weird it's like when you see something that's in front of your face and you're like you know this seems familiar and like now that you said it, it's like oh my god it, that is great bash shield like this <laughs> chris do you have any thoughts on this match Another fun one. I mean, like that. This uh, this card was low stakes, right? So there wasn't anything like super heavy on it, but it was all executed well, fun, a, really a celebration of of fifty years and an anniversary. So um, I actually think this was a cool execution of the anniversary show. Like I know that people are always expecting the, um, you know, the junior versus heavy title match and and things like that, but. I I kind of liked this as a palate cleanser going into you know tournament season the big the big New Japan Cup and this match included I mean bringing together um, these two groups that had kind of similar roles in the company for different periods of time like that's a neat that's a neat full circle moment so uh, it was it was good low stakes palate cleanser fun. Are we describing the anniversary show? Or are we describing Wrestle Kingdom Night Three? I'm not sure. <laughs> they, I mean, there is a similar vibe for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, this wasn't called Wrestle Kingdom, so I mean, this was kind of you know, I wasn't. Nobody had high expectations for the, for the anniversary show. This is a, this was like a perfect kind of setup for what you would expect for an anniversary show. And we had a question here from uh, Reddit user Less Commission seven two five two. Do you guys see LIJ as a fully healed faction once again or a full babyface faction in Suzuki Gun? With both factions being tweeners at the moment, I could see either one of the either one or both of these options happening one day. I think the tweener thing works for New Japan because it's kind of a it's a scale, right? Like it starts at House of Torture and ends with Hontai, right? Like Right. And you ha- you place each group along the scale, and th- yeah, I think Suzuki Goon and Lij kind of hit the same beats in-, in that way. Like they're almost at the same spot in the scale, but they, I guess they, there's Lij is like face leaning, and then Suzuki Goon is heel leaning. leaning, right? But like. They both barely dip their toe across right. the middle of the line, but they do. They do that. They do dip their toe. So, yeah, I mean, not everyone's going to be, like, pure good or pure evil, right? I mean, evil is pure <laughs> evil. But um, that's that's part of the fun of it because they can twist and turn, and depending on who they're against or who which group they're they're working against, they can play either side of the coin, which I think is a good it's good to have groups like that. Yeah. I mean, that's that you took the verbiage out of my mouth, face leaning, heel leaning. That's basically what it is. They're both tweeners with, you know, slight inclinations one way or the other, but they can, you know, they can shift based on who they're wrestling against. So, you know, that's kind of how things are set up in new Japan. The one thing is, I think a lot of people anticipate or uh, try to, um, predict when entire groups or factions are going to turn simultaneously and that's just so rare i don't think new japan really even has much of a track record of even doing that sort of thing unless it's like a uh, a complete overhaul of the group's members and and shifts and and people getting like kicked out there's i can't think of too many times where like a whole group of good guys came out and then suddenly did the big turn and now oh bad guy 
really happen in New Japan too often. So it's it's more of a gradual process. Right. And, I, you know, LIJ, I mean, those guys, they're, they're making money. Um, you know, even though they're tweeners, I mean, Naito's pretty much, you can call him Bayface. Um, he, he's so loved. He sells a ton of merch. I mean, the whole fact until the tournament merch. merch. Um, and, you know, with that kind of sports feel of New Japan, it's like a sports team. Like, you, you support who you like and you boo who you don't like. You don't there's necessarily like a good guy or bad guy in like football. Like if you live in a certain city, you're going to support that team. All right, so let's move on to the next matchup here. We had the uh, big matchup with the heavyweight tag champs versus junior tag champs. The team of Bishimon, Yoshihashi, and Hiroki Goto, the heavyweight tag team champs, they defeated the junior tag team champs, team six or nine, Master Wato and Rizkaguchi. Again, you know, we keep saying it fun. This is another uh, fun matchup. Uh, I feel like we got a little bit of big match to Gucci here uh, facing off against these heavyweight guys and really wanted to, you know, prove that, you know, it wasn't a fluke for six or nine because they won that four-way. They're trying to prove that they're a top team no matter what weight class it is. And, you know, they, they brought the fight to, to go to Yoshihashi here but just could not outpower their bigger opponents here. Yeah, that's pretty normal New Japan situation where the the heavies take take the juniors but um again another i like both of these tag teams uh i think taguchi and wato makes a ton of sense and then obviously goto and yoshihashi have established themselves through that never six reign and now a a nice tag reign and it's a perfect slot for them so i uh i like both these teams so i like this match yeah, really fun matchup here. Definitely, I think it's the one you can uh, kind of check out. Really fun, easy to watch, and these guys work uh, pretty hard here. Then the main event of the show, big main event here, we had Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kazuchika Okada, and Tatsumi Fujinami. They defeated the team of Minorsuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Yoshihaki Fujiwara. Boy, what what a match this was. <laughs> this you- is a match that happened. <laughs> You guys sound pretty low on this. Was it not good? Uh, it, it was a uh, very uh, entertaining matchup. Uh, but, you know, you, you had uh, Fujinami out there. You had Fujiwara. Like, Fujinami looked okay. Like, he still had, like, a decent body somewhat. But Fujiwara, man, he was looking rough, rough. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he was looking really rough the last time I recall seeing him, which was like four or five years ago in the uh, in the Rambo. And I mean, they couldn't even throw him over the top rope. That's how rough he looked. So I was surprised to hear that he was in this match. But then, then again, you know, I think he wrestles from time to time in like tradition and like, you know, some of the other like minor, you know, leagues that are out there. So, I mean, yeah, it's a tribute match. <laughs> Yeah, there was a one hilarious spot where like Suzuki wasn't ready for Fujiwara to get tagged in, and uh, Fujiwara tagged himself in, and then he like slapped Suzuki, and Suzuki slapped him back, and Fujiwara slapped him back, <laughs> told him to get out the ring. Uh, There's another spot where they were trying to all do a triple dragon screw, so like Fujinami did a dragon screw, then Tanahashi did one, and Okada had uh, Fujiwara's leg, but he just did like a you know a leg attack because he he didn't want a dragon screw <laughs> Fujiwara. Uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, this was not like a, obviously not a match of the year can or anything, but it, it was a fun matchup, and, you know, it is what it is when you have guys like uh, Fujiwara and Fujinami in there, but, you know, a great way to kind of honor uh, New Japan's past. It was great seeing Zach uh, back in the mix. Uh, he's been gone since Wrestle Kingdom, 
And this came down, you know, not many pin eaters in this match, but it came down to Okada and Suzuki and Okada hitting the landslide uh, tombstone on Suzuki, followed up by the Rainmaker putting Suzuki away. So, you know, the, the ace team here of Tanahashi, Okada, and Fujinami get the big win. Do you guys want to hear breaking news about Suzuki since we're already talking about him anyways? Sure. Oh, I know. Oh, hey, pick me. No, don't <laughs> pick me. You can go go with it. GCW just announced that they have booked for Joey Janelle Spring Break Minoru Suzuki versus Effie. Mm. <laughs> so we're getting a live murder is what they're like trying to do. GCW living up to the deathmatch moniker because there will <laughs> literally be suzuki murdering effie on the on that pay-per-view that's a, that's a match <laughs> uh, suzuki in america yes suzuki's a u.s tour part two i guess it's like kicking off here <laughs> same uh, dance different song <laughs> Uh, so uh, post match, uh, we, had, we had promos from Okada mentioning you know Noki again and Noki not being able to be there, and you know just trying to really be the face of this 50th anniversary and honor guys like Noki. Got promos from Tanahashi, promos from Fujinami, uh, doing his signature closing each knee sanda. Um, it was you know overall really fun uh, anniversary show here, really easy to watch. Um, yeah, definitely recommend you know just put it on. It's fun fun to watch. So now I will do I will do just that. Yeah, check it out, Josh. Uh, so now let's talk about the new Japan Cup. What everybody wants to know, they want to hear our thoughts, predictions, uh, the big preview show. You know, last I think two years in a row now we've had Chris on to you know break down New Japan Cup and give some stats and previews. And Chris is uh, running the contest over at SportProWrestling.com. By the time you hear this, it's probably closed. Uh, so hopefully you uh, entered in that contest. Super easy to enter into. Um, like we mentioned last week, we know we have 48 guys in the tournament, 16 first-round matches with uh, 16 guys getting buys. And also we talked about uh, Abushi and Tenzon. That kind of threw some stuff off in the tournament as well. Uh, so where, where do you guys want to start with this? Do you guys want to break down round by round? Do you kind of want to talk about your favorite matches in the first round or your winners where you, where do you guys want to go with this thing? Uh, I think typical way to go through it would be to kind of look at each quadrant and, and yeah. kind, of, kind of go that way. So you've got kind of, I guess, top left, bottom left, top right, bottom right. And I think that that's maybe the, the way to go about it. This that's, is a production meeting on the air. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's usually how, when I'm doing my, my predictions, I like to go Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. That way I can come up with my, you know, semifinalists and kind of book it out from there based on what I, what I think I'm seeing. But everything that you mentioned, Jeremy, I'm cool with all of it. I mean, I was hoping you guys would guide me um, through this. <laughs> I'm just here to, to add color. You guys are play by play. Um, I'm an analyst. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I think Jeremy is the official play-by-play. <laughs> All right. Well, I think of yeah. I think if the three of us were a three-man booth, Jeremy's obviously on play-by-play. Josh obviously uh, the heel color, <laughs> and and I'm here to uh, just provide facts, like straight spit facts. So cool, Mike Tanay. 
<laughs> Listen, if that's a comp, if I can grow to the, the Mike Tanay comp, I'll take that all day. Mike Tanay, Chris Charlton, you know, give me the get that's some shine. I'll take. You know, if uh they're ever having issues with a New Japan, you know, broadcast team, I think the three of us, you know, would make a nice little a trio. Let's try and uh let's uh call a match and then send something into ghetto, see see how that goes. <laughs> I mean we can't Listen, be any I'm... worse than Kozlov. <laughs> I'm sure y'all know I've been trying to get a seat at that table for a long time, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, travel in the pandemic is a little bit of a challenge in, in, in its own way. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's look at the bracket here. Let's start in the, the top left here. So top left, we have the heavyweight champ versus junior champ, Kazuchika Okada versus El Desperado. Yeah. Night one main event uh, also kind of, a hat tip to the anniversary um, show, but these have been two of the more active wrestlers in new Japan for the last say 365 days, or even just the last six months um, with Okada ripping through the G one and then El Desperado um, having one of the longest best of the super junior tournaments of all time uh, in regards to ring time. So these guys are primed and ready to, to go after each other. I think we, you know, everyone, can pretty much pinpoint what direction this is going to go. Yeah. But I think there's a good match to be had here. And I think that uh, I don't think they're going to, you know, I don't think El Desperado is going to come out looking any worse than, than he did going in. He's going to probably end up looking better. So I got a feeling this is going to be a hell of a, a main event on, on night one of the New Japan Cup. Yeah, we've got, um, you know, the IWGP champion in the tournament, which, as we mentioned on the previous show, this is the first time that's happened, to my knowledge, and, you know, kind of an anomaly. And I think there are some individuals out there that are, uh, obviously, it's New Japan Cup, so you're looking for the big upsets, you know, and to do the non-traditional things. And I think there are some individuals that are kind of looking at Okada's trajectory and trying to figure out where's the upset coming, because you might have that inclination to get the champion out of the tournament as soon as possible since he's he shouldn't or most likely wouldn't win it because it's the the winner goes on to face him um with that being the case though i think a lot of people should kind of cool their jets for a minute and realize the first two matches he has provided he wins this one are against two juniors and beyond that because he's the champion he's going to go deep most likely similar to how iwgb champions usually do very well in g1s usually they're either finalists or tied with finalists and you know so he's gonna do really well most likely i don't see anyone in okada's path on on this q1 uh quadrant that's gonna knock him out the thing here for desperado he does kind of need like he's definitely taken a step up in the last year or so he's been active like you said chris but uh i do think that this match could do a lot to continue to further his legacy and his slotment at the top especially kind of coming off of maybe a somewhat lackluster tile defense against Wato having a great match with Okada could really do a lot for him and I think that's the best we can hope for here yeah I mean I know a lot of people that they want the upset alert they they want um you know Despy to get the big win here but obviously it's been made pretty clear that Okada is the kind of the face of the 50th anniversary year and he's even mentioned that in promos you know he wants to be you know, the guy leading the charge this year, and he's the world heavyweight champion. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would be. I think it'd be a very bad booking call to have Desperado win. But like you mentioned, Josh, I think this is a great opportunity for Desperado to 
kind of have like a breakout match and show what he can do with a guy like Okada uh, to really, uh, I think a, a loss here with a great match would um, elevate Desperado stock and get some steam going for him. And then since we're on the subject, and I think just to kind of, because we have 48 guys, we got to go through this a little quicker. Watto's on the docket for Okada. I think we all got Okada going through. Is there anything we can really add to Watto? Uh, any kind of like commentary, or is it pretty much just uh, open and shut case? Like he's not beating Okada, obviously. <laughs> it, it, it's almost the same deal at a lower level, right? El Desperado right. has got a little bit more to gain from it because he's already got a little bit more of that boost. But you want Watto to continue to grow, continue to establish himself. He's gotten so much better. He's been. Um, he looks good. He looks good in the ring. He's a t- junior tag champ. Uh, same deal though. You, you want him to come out looking like a, like a potential big future star. Right. And I feel like, again, Watto needs a performance, you know, a great performance of a guy like Okada to kind of help, you know, change people's, um, perspective of him. I think, you know, people have been down on Watto, even though he has been improving. And you know, now he's, you know, junior tag champ with Taguchi and doing good in that role. I think, you know, people and a lot of people will be kind of parachuting in for this tournament. It'll be good to see for them to see Watto have a good performance here. Nice. So Okada goes through. Most likely he's going to beat Desperado and Watto. The next match we kind of need to discuss, and it's one that's uh, – a lot more important now than it was when it was when these brackets first came out. Yano versus Taichi. Now, initially, the winner of this match was going to go on to face Tenzan, but with his uh, exit from the tournament, the winner of this match is going to get a bye through the second round and go straight to the third round, most likely to face Kazushika Okada. So, I mean, what are you guys thinking about Yano? And because I think that that's actually kind of a a, a pick a match, to be honest. Who you got, Chris? I've got Tai Chi penciled in. Now, the only bracket I've done, and I was telling you guys this, I think, off the air, the only bracket I've done is, like, when the brackets came out, I started to just slap one together, just, like, gut reaction. And my gut reaction is that Tai Chi goes through. Um, So, yeah. So, that's, I think, still where I'm at. Yano has, he hasn't been eliminated in the first round of the New Japan Cup since 2014 though oh yep 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 so there's a stat bomb right like it's been a long time since he got bounced in round one yeah Yeah. a lot lot of second round bounces but not many firsts yeah we were in a briefly everyone was picking and now keep in mind i'm picking tai chi as well because I think he deserves it. I think he's a guy that at this point kind of needs to get that that uh, entry to that bigger match. But uh, we're in a group where people were all picking Taichi, and I was like, guys, like Yano doesn't really lose in the first round hardly ever. I think it's happened in the 16 New Japan Cups he's ever been in. It's happened four times. Five, five times. Okay. But the first two times, his first couple New Japan Cups when he was like much lower on the totem pole. So like, you know, taking those out of the equation, it's happened like three times out of like 12. Like, you know, it's not that often that it happens. And it's been a really long time since it did happen. So, I mean, there that kind of uh, stacks the deck a little bit against uh, Tai Chi. And I wouldn't be surprised if Yano did pull the upset here. But I'm hoping for the Tai Chi match personally. 
Yeah, because if Taichi goes through, then you get you get Taichi Okada, which is then Okada's first heavyweight match of the tournament, which is that's great. I think that would be a great match. Otherwise, you get Yano Okada, and it, you know, yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> I feel like that would make Okada's path way too easy if you you, you have Yano going through to face him there. Um, yep. I got Tai Chi winning this one also, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if Yano were to pull some kind of crazy upset. But I really feel like with Dangerous Techers kind of parting ways and not getting back together since Wrestle Kingdom, I feel like they're trying to focus on these guys as singles. And so I feel like this is the opportunity to kind of pull a trigger on Tai Chi and have him go in and uh, get to face Okada. Sets up a big KOPW match for uh, Taichi and Yano down the line too. If Taichi wins, mm. I'm I'm only half kidding. Like that seems like a thing that that could happen. Could actually be that could actually happen because <laughs> Yano might just be wrapped up with Suzuki Goon for a little while. Microphone on a pole match. <laughs> Microphone on a pole match. <laughs> Winner gets yeah, right well, through to Miyahabe. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds illegal. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, you might want to edit that. <laughs> so uh, a little bit lower down on the other half of this quadrant, you've got Goto versus Nagata. The winner of that match faces Dick Togo in the second round. Uh, I mean, first of all, I think it's going to be a fire matchup, uh, but I'm going with uh, Goto over Nagata. Than, uh... This is one of this is one of the matches that I mean so Goto is Mr. New Japan Cup, right? I'm sure a lot of people know right. that. I, I'm sure a lot of people know that already. He's got the most New Japan Cup matches all time. He's got the most New Japan Cup wins in single matches all time. He's also a what, three time winner? Um yeah, three time winner, oh nine, ten, and twelve. So he is a threat, right? I mean, they, you can play that up a little bit. He can be, a, he can be a threat throughout the whole tournament. So that's awesome. And then Nagata's no slouch either. He's got 15 right. total New Japan Cup wins. He's got the fifth most matches uh, in the New Japan Cup history. So he's, you know, he's also a two-time previous winner. So we've got five New Japan Cup wins now, none since 2012 in this whole right <laughs> in this in this match. But that you know, you can make something out of all that. Um, which is which is why this matchup I think exists in the first round is because you can um, establish the the kind of high end nature of the New Japan Cup because these guys are legends of the of the of the tournament. Well, the other thing too to keep in consideration is like uh, a lot of people want to write off Nakata, but it wasn't that long ago that he upset Minoru Suzuki in like the first or second round of this thing. So he has a, a recent track record of pulling the upset. Um, that being said, I think that Nagata Goto will be very hard hitting, very good, but I've got Goto going through just because of his current status as a, you know, heavyweight tag team champion, plus all of his success in the tournament. I think it just makes the most sense to have him go through, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if Nagata did beat him, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of hoping that Goto ends up in that uh, round three against uh, my pick, which we'll get to here in a moment. Yeah, I think another thing to keep in mind, uh, Nagata, I believe, is going to be one of these guys that are going to be hanging to the U.S. pretty soon. Has a lot of dates coming up uh, in March and April. So get him at the tournament early, get him some time to rest before he travels um, to the U.S. 
And so the winner, nice. the winner of that will face uh, Dick Togo, who's getting a bye. And I'm assuming whoever wins, either Nagata or Goto, would uh, beat Dick Togo. So we would have Goto you know, going further in the tournament, uh, being Dick Togo there, getting into that later round. The next up, we'll yeah. have uh, Shima and Takamichinoku. Yeah, with Dick Togo and Shima and Takamichinoku and Kenamaru, we got a lot of uh, you know outside junior legends kind of rounding out this part of the quadrant here. Yeah, but uh, I think we all got Goto beating Dick Togo. Did we cover that right? Yeah. Okay, and then if not, Nagata will probably be we. Dick Togo is probably an afterthought, right? Right. Yes. It's essentially <laughs> a, a buy for whoever wins Nagata. <laughs> Nagata Goto. Well, uh, I'll start off this next part. So, I mean, you know, Shima versus Takamichinoku will probably be a very good, fun, uh, entertaining, you know, junior-style match. And uh, I don't know that I've ever seen Shima and Taka wrestle, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had, just given both of the They've never wrestled first-time matchup? No singles matches. Oh, wow. I, well, I, it's not too surprising because Dragon Gate does have a reputation for being pretty exclusionary. And so... There's probably been a lot of time where Shima was in Dragon Gate and didn't wrestle outside guys. And then by the time he left, Taka was probably either with JTO or New Japan. But uh, Yeah, and Taka, most of Taka's single stuff is in G- JTO. So unless you're, unless you're parachuting into JTO, there's not a lot of opportunity to get Taka into a, into a singles match. But I was thinking back, like, you know, maybe back. Way back, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I mean. Pro or T2P or something like that. You never know. Right. I looked. I looked. That's something I put together whenever I'm looking at a singles match. And, oh, I'm sorry. There there is one. It was in 05. Um, I have it on my document here for Kevin. So, okay. Yeah, 05 in Dragon Gate. Taka defeated Shima. Mm. Um, That's that's not that surprising for that. Cork, Cork and Hall. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, uh, it's not 2005 anymore. It's 2022. So (laughs) I think, I think with Shima coming in and having as much, uh, political sway as he has, and also just the name and, and kind of the momentum and everything like that with the partnership with Glate, I just assume he's got to get past Taka plus Taka's kind of been, you know, the pin eater all ever since he came back. I don't think he's won hardly matches except for just that one with the young lion that one time. So, uh, you know, the chances of him beating Shima are probably not great. And then I'm also assuming that since the winner of this face is Kenamaru, he'll similar story, but I think Shima's going right through Kenamaru as well. Yeah, it seems like they you know they're really kind of behind Stronghearts right now. You know, came in on the anniversary show, big win there. And so, you know, I don't think they're gonna bring Shima in just for a cup of coffee. So yeah, I I agree with you, Josh. I see him being Taka and Kanamaru. And then that would take him to uh, face Goto. We're at the point now we've got Okada and Taichi and then Goto and Shima um, pretty much locked in, I think, uh, uh, you know, unanimously between the four of us. So, I mean, what are we thinking on, you know, how all of that plays out? Who do we got taking this first part of the quadrant? I wouldn't say there's a zero chance that Taichi wins against Okada and he's the, the foil here. But I, I mean, I wouldn't bet on it. So, I mean, you know, it, it's hard to pick where the champion loses in a single elimination tournament. Like that's that's the that's really the big challenge here because it's got to be. I mean, I got to figure it's not the final because then you're just gonna do back to back the same match almost. 
Um, so it's got to be a little bit into the tournament, but it's got to be meaningful because you got to figure that's going to set up a, a championship match. So Tai Chi, could it be Tai Chi? Sure. Yeah. I Could it be Goto or Shima? Also, sure. You know? But I guess, you know, you could definitely knock him out of the Final Four, too. So it's hard. I, I have Okada on my, like, gut check um, bracket here. I've got Okada going all the way through this bracket, going through Goto in the in the quarters. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, whether Okada's wrestling Taichi or Yano, I've got Okada going through. I don't see any real threats to his uh trajectory and i think that that's what we're all looking at uh in this quadrant until at least the quarterfinal but most likely i think he's winning the quadrant and going into the semifinals um just my hunch i think we're getting shima over goto and i think we're going to wind up with a quarterfinal of okada versus shima which is kind of dream match territory that's cool. at that point yeah. and you know i know some people are looking at and like looking at shima like it's a junior but like given his track record and his history and his like status in the industry. I mean, that's a, that's a really cool dream match. And I think Okada's beaten Shima as well. And probably the first real threat that he has in the entire, you know, um, path that he had pathway that he has in the tournament. Uh, for me, I got, I got a uh, Okada versus Goto as, um, you know, I would I think the Shima option is probably a cooler way to go. I just figured again with Goto being a tag champ, um, he, he would get pretty far in the tournament. And then I think you got a cool matchup with a Goto versus Okada, which I don't think that's happened in a while. And, um, yeah, I would have Okada, uh, winning that. And so Okada kind of winning that top quadrant there. Yeah. And if that happens, I don't think that's impossible. I would agree with you, but, um, I think I think they're gonna have it's Goto. You know, he loses in big spots. He's, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think they're gonna have Shima beat him. It's possible, yeah. So then, uh, let's move on to the uh, the bottom quadrant here. So that will kick off with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Yo, and that winner will get a will face the will face Bad Luck Fale in the next round. Fale has a bye in the first round. Well, you know, there's been a lot of criticism about Yo ever since this uh, feud uh, with uh, Show kind of kicked off. So, I mean, um, putting him in there with a guy like Hiroshi Tanahashi gives him a lot of opportunity to have a great match. Um, that being said, I just can't fathom Tanahashi coming off of a loss to Sonata and losing his title that he's going to lose to a junior in Yo. Uh, so, I assume Tanahashi is going through to wrestle Bad Luck Fale. And believe it or not, this is the first real big upset that I have penciled in on my um, bracket. I've got Bad Luck Folly going over uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. And That's, what I I think it, That's what I have. That's what I have also. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it's because Folly's beaten him in New Japan Cups in the past and in G1s. And he's been gone for a while, and he's been doing that whole uh, Lions Roar series. And, you know, he's kind of coming in fresh, and Tanahashi's coming in after, you know, a loss and then a a first-round match. I think it just makes sense to have Fale beat him. Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those things, like, you're not going to, you know, bring Fale into the country and and, and knock him out, you know, right away. I think you have to get uh, your use out of Fale. And like you mentioned, Lions Roar is happening, a great way to kind of promote that as well. 
Um, he mentions the history of Fale beating Tanahashi, so I, I definitely see yeah, Tanahashi beating Yo and then Fale beating Tanahashi. The other thing, too, is like, um, you know, we look at the second part of this and, you know, it looks like Naito's probably favored to go through. And I think doing Tanahashi and Naito in that round of the New Japan Cup just isn't really totally their style to give away those big matches like that, you know, that deep in the tournament. They usually do big upsets to kind of avoid throwing away those types of matches. And I think the logic just kind of tells you Fale's probably winning. Yeah, that, I mean, that's how I got there, too. I looked at the fact that I was going to push Naito through, and I just don't think we get... I don't think we do Tanahashi-Naito in the quarterfinals of a New Japan Cup. Yeah, Me, too. But, a... if, but if we do, I wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> I guess that's not, even, that's not even the quarter. That's not even the quarters. It's not even. Be, it's before yeah. the quarters. It's like round... I guess in this year's tournament, we'll call that round, round three. three. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the big matches, they either happen during the first round or they save them for later on in the round. So, yeah, I don't think... Yeah, it's the first round, the semis, and then the finals. Like, that's where you get the really big matches. Yeah. Yeah, they'll pepper in some good stuff as the, right. as the tournament goes on. But I don't think you get Naito Tanahashi in the third round of, yeah. a, of a New Japan Cup. The other thing, too, is Fale Naito is definitely a capable enough match to, like, draw with. You know what I mean? It's been, depending totally. on the... Uh, you know, show size. Cause again, it's the third round. They're probably not running big, big arenas. So they don't need to do Tanahashi Naito. Right. And then with, um, with Fale being Tanahashi, that would give him a lot of momentum and make people think, Oh, maybe he can beat Naito also. Hey, and maybe he could, he's maybe gone he can, to, right. He's gone to the finals of the, of a new Japan cup before. Yeah. Uh, well, we're talking about Naito. So he's facing his, uh, former no limit tag team partner, Yujiro Takahashi. In the uh, in his first round matchups, well, I think we're all kind of agreement that so, Naito's getting the win here. That's the match everyone was waiting for with the G1 last year, and then we <laughs> didn't get it because yeah. of, of Naito's injury. So, uh, truthfully, though, I mean that is there's some his there's a ton of history there. They yeah. haven't they haven't wrestled a singles match since 2014, um, and before that, they were like connected for a very very long time since really 2006. So. Um, I'm. I think this will be a. That'll be a really fun match. Uh, both of them are clever, um, so I think they'll be able to put something together there. I think Naito goes through because I do think he's kind of on a reestablishing run here. Even even in his loss to Okada was a reestablishing moment, and then I think he he's got to just get some wins. But Naito doesn't win. I mean, like that's the other thing is like Naito is the lovable loser, right? Like dude can lose and lose and lose and lose and still end up in a, some sort of big title match. Right. So, um, there's always the chance that he gets, he gets knocked out here, but I don't, I don't, that's not my gut feeling. There's probably some, uh, bullet club ghoul that's listening to this right now. And they're like, don't you see the winner of the match faces ghetto. Yujiro Takahashi is in the bullet club. They're telling a Bullet Club story. He's going to upset Naito, and then we're going to get the test of true loyalty. Who does Yujiro side with? Is he Team Switchblade, or is he Team Tongan, or is he Team House of Torture? Uh, you know, the rift with Gato. There's someone out there that thinks this, that this is actually <laughs> what's really going to happen. I promise you. But that's also not entirely out of the question, because then eventually, then after that, you end up with Fale, right? So, like, these... Oh, that would there's be a so lot sp- there. <laughs> Listen, if they there's do a that, lot, there's a lot there. 
listen, if they do that, this company, someone needs to get <laughs> someone needs to get Gato out of there. <laughs> I think the more... how many how many Bullet Clubs is the real question. How many it, Bullet right. Clubs can we have? We got Bullet Club Hollywood. We got House of Torture. <laughs> we got the Firing Squad. Oh we got, God! We got Bullet Club Impact. I do not want to watch uh, an entire quadrant section that is dedicated to Fale, Ghetto, and Yujiro Takahashi. <laughs> Wrap up the promotion if that's what we're doing. Yeah, I think uh, I got Naito going through. I think Naito will uh, beat Yujiro here, go in and uh, beat Gato as well. Gato's the same, similar position as Togo where whoever's facing them, they're, they're going to get the win. So I think Naito will get through Yujiro, get through Gato, and then end up facing uh, Fale. Would yep. be Naito's, that would be Naito's first singles win in Budokan. Mm. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Well, then uh, that's going to move us on to the next part of the quadrant. So it looks like we have uh, Togi Makabe versus Jeff Cobb. The winner goes on to wrestle Satoshi Kojima. Now, I think a lot of people um, have a foregone conclusion about who they think is winning this, but... Uh, and they're probably right, but this is a, t- a little bit tougher grouping of three than most of the groups we've seen in this first couple rounds. You know, Makabe, Kojima, Jeff Cobb, that's kind of like a Haas big boy division right there. So um, I think most people have Cobb going through both opponents. But, uh, you know, if you're telling a story with Cobb, he's going through a lot tougher guys than, say, like Naito or, you know, Fale or Okada. Yeah. Yeah, my first thought was that Makabe versus Cobb would be a really fun match. Um if Makabe's Makabe gives us one good singles match every year and it's the first round of the <laughs> New Japan Cup. So um that'll be that'll be fun. But yeah, I think I think Cobb goes through both those guys. Um I don't think you book him down like that. Yeah, I agree. Now the main thing though. I don't think Makabe has a shot at beating Cobb, but I think Kojima has an outside chance of being the guy that could upset him. And, you know, the way that they've been doing this tournament, a lot of the people that have buys are no-hopers. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of made the tournament in a certain way more predictable than most of the other New Japan Cups. But in this one isolated situation, I think Kojima has enough credibility to where he could beat Jeff Cobb, but I, I think Cobb is going through both these guys in two anticipated matches, in my opinion. Yeah, I run through the, guys. I guess my question becomes, do you, do you then burn Cobb Naito in the quarterfinals? Uh, that's if you have Cobb going all the way through to beat the guys in the next group, which I don't know if he will or not. Depends. You, you think Cobb loses to Yoshihashi? Well, we we're going to talk about that when we get there, but possibly, who knows? Okay. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I got Cobb also going through again. I feel a similar situation where you're bringing Cobb in from the U.S. Like, I don't feel you're going to upset him in the second round and have him wrestle tags the whole the rest of the tour. So I, I feel like he's going to get through really far. I feel like they've done a great job in elevating him. Um, so I, I have Cobb going uh, pretty far in this thing. And so, yeah, I think he's going to take take out Makabe and Kojima. They'll be, they'll be fun matches. The man says he's winning the tournament. So mm. 
I can't I can't disagree with the, <laughs> the, the quote tweet that he's winning the tournament. So did he, he fill out a bracket and book himself to win the tournament? <laughs> you know what? Um, I should actually check that because he might. Have. Did you get a, oh, a username man. Aloha Maker? <laughs> he, he, I'll say he will not. He would not be the first person in the New Japan Cup to fill out a bracket for the New Japan Cup. <laughs> So um, just to make things a little easier here to get to where uh, Chris was going, we got Hanma versus Yoshihashi. The winner takes on Young Lion, Kosei Fujita. Hanma, he's basically dad status. He has no shot of beating Yoshihashi, and I don't think Fujita does either. I think Yoshihashi is the clear-cut guy that's going through this quadrant. Okay, I'm conflicted here, though, because Hanma is 0-9 in the New Japan Cup. This will be his... Uh, 10th in New Japan Cup and he's never gotten out of the first round but Hanma is 3-0 and in singles matches against Yoshihashi hmm. uh, dating back to I guess 2010 was their first 2010, 2015, 2016 so you know there's there's something there there's some conflict there I'll give you this they have actually booked Hanma much stronger since the start of this year than they normally do and so is there an upset possibility? Sure. Could he be the guy that goes through to get beat by Jeff Cobb? Yes. But um, that's as far as I'll take it. I think that there is a potential of an upset there, but uh, it should be Yoshihashi. But then also Yoshihashi 2-0 and at Budokan Hall. And, and not only that, matches, which seems y- crazy. Yoshihashi went pretty deep in this New Japan Cup last year. He or was it the year before? Second round, the the year before in 2020, he lost the evil in the quarters. That's what it was. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm confusing them. Yeah, he 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 made it to the quarterfinals the year before, so that's the other part of it for me. Yeah, and he's still you know one half of the heavyweight tag champs with Goto. Um, so yeah, I have a hard time seeing Hanuma get the the win here. I mean, also they could they could have Hanuma get upset, and it would it would be cool, but. Ultimately, I feel like the winner of that little bracket there, their fate is to eat a tour of the islands. Um, I think that's going to be Yoshihashi. And with Cobb beating Yoshihashi, you could potentially set up some kind of tag team tile scenario for United Empire. So we're at the point now, we pretty much all have it booked Fale Naito and Cobb versus Yoshihashi most likely. And I've got Naito and Jeff Cobb going through. I do have them doing the Naito Cobb rematch in the New Japan Cup, which we did just see them wrestle back in January. And that is one of the things that did perplex my bracket a little bit in in booking this, because I feel like, do you want to do that match at this, you know, at this point? But uh, I just couldn't see, oh, I couldn't see a a logical way for them to get out of doing that match the way that this is all kind of laid out. I think that that's the most likely outcome. I mean, yeah. Uh, Yoshihashi upset Jeff Cobb, I don't think is completely out of the question, though. Um, But Cobb beating Yoshihashi and then maybe either losing to Naito or or going on, like that that makes that quarterfinal match much more of a pick up, much more of a toss-up, which I think is where you want to get to. Like, that's where you really want the questions to start to arise is in that quarterfinal, especially in a tournament that's laid out this way where you're right, they're in kind of like these little trios instead of just the the, the twosomes. So, 
I think that the quarterfinals is where it all kind of shakes out. And that's where you start to see the really questionable matchups. So Naito Cobb is a, that's one that either guy could go through and, and you wouldn't really know what else to, to say about it. One thing else I'll say about round three, either of these two matches that we have laid out could be upsets just because it is new Japan cup and nothing is guaranteed. And all these guys are credible enough to where given the right match, the right circumstances, Fale or Yoshihashi or both could hypothetically beat these guys. But, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just have it laid out. I think it's going to be Naito Kabri match. Yeah. At this point we should just say we're like, we're basically talking through like the chalk bracket, right? Yeah, there will, yeah. there will be upsets, right? There will be upsets that happen. And that is, that is well, absolutely the fun of, of new Japan cup. Well, that's the hard part is normally I, I, when I book my brackets, I usually have upsets, but I found it really hard to actually find enough compelling upsets this year that made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do just go chalk every now and again. Gato will do that. Oh yeah. Three of these quadrants will go chalk. Yeah. yeah. One of them will have some weird upset and somebody surprising will end up in the quarters of the semis. Yeah, I also have a Naito Cobb rematch there. I feel like with Cobb coming back from the leg injury, um, it's a perfect kind of story to tell of him trying to get revenge on Naito for injuring him and do the big rematch, and then Cobb can get the win back on Naito, and you can set up a third match with these guys later in the year. So you have Cobb beating Naito in the rematch. Yeah. See, this is where we're going to defer because I've got Tetsuya Naito beating Cobb back-to-back here, Mm. uh, which I I think would surprise a lot of people. And I think that that is, in a sense, kind of an upset because we're used to the 50-50 thing. But I think that they'll probably end up in the same G1 block and maybe Cobb beats him there. But I think Naito's got a date in front of him where he needs to go, go through. So I've got him and Okada going to the semifinals or quarter or whatever it is this year. I, I got Cabo Okada. I also have Cabo Okada, but I desperately wanted to get Okada out of that match. Mm. But I just, I couldn't get there. <laughs> um, I, I did because I want, I mean, spoiler alert, I picked Jeff Cobb to win the tournament. And because I think there's a story there with him and Okada. And I think that that's, a hell of a championship match right so like but well, i want i didn't want them to do kabokata and then do kabokata again so i i but i couldn't get okada out of that top quadrant well here's my logic here and this is gonna probably ruffle some of the uh logic that people have um you know we did a okada Cobb trilogy last year i think if Cobb comes beats Naito or whoever it is and goes through, that's only the semifinals. I don't think that whoever's beating Okada on this side of the bracket is also going to win the tournament. That Well, that's exactly it. That's that's what I meant. Like, I desperately want to get Okada out of that semifinal spot because right. I don't think the winner of the tournament is also the person that knocks him out. Right. And I don't see the person that's beating him in the semifinal is going to go through and actually win the whole tournament. And I don't see anyone important enough earlier than this point in the tournament 
in Okada's part of the bracket to actually be the guy to get him out of there, which is why I can't I think if you do Cobb again, you're getting four matches in, in less than a calendar year. That's kind of well, a little. If Cobb wins the tournament, then you've got five. Then you got five. That's kind of an that, overkill in a, a certain. Yeah. That's a lot. And then the other thing too is, um, I just I think that the whoever I think that it's going to be Naito. I think Naito's going to beat him, and that's going to set up whatever the May defense is. The, the traditional I know it's not called Dantaku, but the traditional Dantaku defense whoever is in this side of the bracket, I just don't see them winning the tournament. I think it's got to be a guy from the other side. Well, April is wrestled in Dantaku right in the Pepe Dome, and then May is something else, right? Or however they're doing this year. You know, I'm I'm used to May being Dantaku, I think. Yeah, you've got April. May 3rd is Dantaku. April's in the Secura Genesis spot. You're right. Yeah. Right. Dome. Right, and then... Is there a Dantaku? Yeah, there is. Yeah. A, there is a Dantaku. It's in the uh, yeah. They, Pepe they're dome. doing the Fukuoka Dome. That's Dantaku. Yes. Right. Okay. And so go. I think that whoever beats Okada, that's gonna in, uh, basically set them up for a title shot. But then they're gonna lose to someone from the other side of the bracket to set mm-hmm. up the Sakura Genesis defense. It just makes more sense to me that it's Naito because they just had a great match. They have a match here. They're gonna have a third one. In the Fukuoka Dome, I think it, I think that story just tells itself. I think it's to me. Once I looked at these brackets, I thought it was pretty clear. Naito's going through. He's going to beat Okada, and he's going to lose in the finals. I feel very confident of this. See, I had Naito penciled in Naito Okada. I guess two from this trilogy, right? I, we everyone. There's a lot of chatter that this Naito Okada thing is going to be a trilogy. This like another little mini trilogy. Um, I had that pegged for the G1. They'll be in the same block. They'll open up night one or whatever, you know. But um, I just don't. I don't know if they go do it that quick again. I got them doing it four times this year. They do it here. That's not a trilogy. It's not a trilogy. It's a four. <laughs> I I got them going four times. I I see them. I see Naito winning here. That enables them to do the third match in the Fukuoka Dome. Okada wins. And then Naito wrestles him again in the G1. Most likely, it could just be a trilogy, but if they end up in the same block, you get four. And then Naito wins the G1, and they meet in the Dome. They could do that. I've thought of that, too. I don't think they yeah, will So that's do that. the trilogy I was thinking, is that you've got the early-in-the-year defense, which is great, great match. They don't meet again until the G1, but you do it in one of the big G1 spots. And then, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Naito won the G1 and and goes to the Dome. That would be great. And, you know, another full Dome, hopefully. Uh, The big thing that how they ended their last Dome match. Well, here's the other thing. Cobb could beat him, but I'm still telling you that the winner of whoever beats Okada is most likely just based on the need for them to have a May defense. Mm-hmm. They're not winning the tournament. So mm-hmm. could Jeff Cobb go through and be the finalist for that, for the A side? Sure. But I think it's going to be Naito because I think that that's the bigger, more marketable, money-making match. I don't think they're selling out the Fukuoka Dome with Jeff Cobb and, and Okada. Fair. Yeah, I, my bracket is very similar to yours, Chris. I have 
uh, Cobb beating Naito, Cobb beating Okada, and Cobb winning the whole thing. I just felt like that final four of, of having Cobb and Okada and kind of reliving that rivalry from last year. I, I, I know it goes against the logic of, I totally understand your logic, Josh, of, you know, you want to have, you don't want the person to beat Okada to win the whole thing because then, yeah, you, you do blow a second title challenger there. Um, for me, I just couldn't get, like, like you, Chris, I couldn't get Okada out of there. And I, I, I saw Cobb, like, the momentum he has going from last year, him going far. Um, so, yeah, it, it's very hard here. The, the one question, though, are we overlooking Taichi? You know, we're talking about getting right. Okada knocked out. Could, um, you know, Dangerous T, could he uh, knock Okada out here and him, him being one of the guys to get a tile shot? That's a great question. I mean, I think that's the candidate. That's the match to watch is mm-hmm. Okada Taichi. If you're if you're trying to knock out Okada, I think that's where you have to do it. Unless you think they want to really give Shima the rub. Well, that but, was what I was gonna say. That yeah. is a possibility. They right. could they the could Marifuji go with, rub. Yep, they could have Shima be the guy. Mm. Possibly. That would be sweet. To be very clear, that would be awesome because yeah. then you get then you run Shima Okada for the belt and Shima you know eats eats the pin there, but. That would be quite the move. At but you got to have that shock, right? You got to have that shocker when you're taking out the champ of a single elimination tournament. Yeah. At that point, too, like if you've got Shima on that side of the bracket, then some of my ideas about, like, say, Tanahashi's trajectory, Naito's trajectory, Jeff Cobb's, sure. they all change. And I think any three of those guys could be a viable opponent for him in that semifinal role. So, you know, but. Uh, so- yeah, round three of that upper quadrant is going to be super interesting. Mm. But um, just before we move on to the second part, so I mean, who are your, who who do you guys think is like what names do we think could be the guy? And I think it's some of the names we've gone through. I think it's Naito. I think it's uh, Cobb. Jeff Cobb. I think those are probably the two most favored, and then. I think some of the outside guys, you could push Okada, you could do Tai Chi, I guess you could do Shima or Tanahashi, but I feel like it's probably got to be Cobber Naito, right? Yeah, for me, I, yeah, I would say it's either, it's either Cobb or Naito going through. Yeah, I think that's my leaning. Yeah, because I don't think you send Okada to the final. Unless he's winning the dang tournament and they are not setting up title challengers <laughs> with the, the New Japan Cup. Here's the thing, like in, in the way of needing a May defense and an April defense, right? You're going to have the New Japan Cup winner and Kota Ibushi's got to be close to back. And the, I think the first thing he does when he's back is challenge for the title because Okada has said he wants him to do that. So you, if that happens, if that's a possibility then you don't necessarily need to set up two title defenses. Yeah. The other thing too, if you were a rigid, let's like, let's just say if Kota Bushi was going to win this tournament, I didn't have him winning the tournament, but if you were right, you could just have Okada go through the tournament and win. And then Ibushi comes out and challenges. Ibushi, yeah. And that's why you don't put the champion in the new Japan cup. <laughs> right. right. Or, you know, for but, but if they're ever going to book the champion in the New Japan Cup and then to win the New Japan Cup... Now's the time to do it. Now's the time to have him do it because you're probably not going to put him in it next year even. 
Right. Like you're probably not going to go back to putting the champion in the New Japan Cup. That would be my bet. Or you know, we could be really hopeful and hope. You know, we we keep hearing about the border restrictions. You know, totally being loosened. What if Okada wins the whole thing? And next thing you know, Death Def Rider video shows up, and we got Okada, John Moxley at one of these shows. Or yeah, uh, well, Kenny's still hurt. Uh, but yeah, somebody from AEW, Brian Danielson, or some other big free agent pops up on the video screen. Like I'm next, and then. The pain maker comes out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, Jericho, he, he, he needs to win back on Okada. He'll pop a number. Um, so let's move on to the second quadrant. Um, and, you know, kind of discussing what we were just talking about there. We originally had at the top of quadrant three, we had Kota Bushi versus Great Okan. And, you know, I think for most people, this is one of the single most important matches of the entire first round because of you know, just the trajectory of whoever won that match was likely going to go deep in the tournament. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, as we discussed, Kotobushi had to withdraw. Great Okan is getting a bye into the second round, as is Taiji Ishimori. So we're going to wind up with a Great Okan-Taiji Ishimori match right off, you know, right off the bat in the second round. And um, I'm thinking Great Okan wins this one just because of the fact that He's been streaking. He's been beating all the guys they put in front of him, and he's a heavyweight. And Taiji Shimori's not. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that. <laughs> I will say no. I so I'm sorry. I was pulling up the, um, analytics for the contest, the Sport of Pro Wrestling Bracket Challenge. The Great Okan Ibushi match, even though it's still the same, and it's still. Of, of the 204 entries, 103 had picked Great Okan and 101 had picked Kota Ibushi, which is the closest of any of the first round matches. So wow. a, a real shame that we're not getting that match. And I know that, uh, you know, 30% of these entries have come in after that announcement's been made. So Ibushi, a lot of people had Ibushi winning when he was in the, when he was actually going to be in the tournament. So that is by far the closest uh, prediction of, of any of the, the first-round matchups. Well, yeah, like we uh, talked about last week, um, I felt like this was an upset alert with Okan, winning all singles matches, coming with a ton of momentum. And like I mentioned earlier, of New Japan booking, when guys come back from injuries, they don't always just win right away. They usually, you know, they have to work the ring, ring rust off, get a, get a loss or two, and then come back. So... This would have been the perfect setup to have, you know, a quote unquote not 100% Kota Ibushi or, you know, a rusty Kota Ibushi facing a very hot, great Okan. And then Okan could have knocked Ibushi off and did a, a deep run in the tournament. And then you can set up an Ibushi Okan feud um, and do a, do a trilogy with those guys. Yeah. Um, before the injury, what were you guys thinking? Because I had, for the same reasons you just mentioned, Jeremy, I had Great Okan, but I think a lot of people listening probably thought that that was crazy sounding. And, it, and maybe it was, you know, hearing all the all the things you said, Chris, I mean, you know, I could totally see Kotobushi having beaten him and then gone deep in the tournament, but I, I was picking Okan. I don't know what you guys were thinking at the time. I saw some brackets with Ibushi winning the tournament. So people thought Ibushi was coming back and coming back hot. So I had Okan winning 
but I've also been watching the product. <laughs> I, I, maybe th- maybe that's why we're picking O'Connor. Like that's yeah, but that's it. Like he's had all these singles matches, and and part of it's just the nature of what they had available, right? He's right. A United Empire guy, so he doesn't have anyone to team with. But um, he they didn't exactly put him up against people that are going to beat him. Like they made him strong, so he's he's primed for some sort of run here. Yeah, when I first saw the bracket, I think my initial knee-jerk reaction was, oh, yeah, they can tell a cool redemption story of Ibushi, have him run all the way through and win to earn his shot back at Okada. But then, like you mentioned, when you look at it deeper, you look at what's been happening the last couple of months and the run that a great Okan's been on, and then you know, mention like the, the Ibushi tweets and Instagram posts about not being 100%. I thought that all played into it perfectly as well, so... I was definitely all in on, on Great Ocon winning uh, this matchup. One last thing before we move on. I have Ocon going very deep, and because of that, and him being a United Empire member, that's another reason I don't have Cobb going to the finals, because I, I don't see them doing too many United Empire versus United Empire matches at this stage of, of the faction's existence. So that's another kind of thing to keep in mind with that group, because we got, you know... Zach, uh, or not Zach, uh, Will Ospreay's on this side of the bracket along with Okan as well, which is and, something to consider. And so is Hanari. And Hanari, and Hanari yeah. So then uh, the next one, so we've got uh, Re- uh, Oiwa versus Zack Sabre Jr. The winner of that match will take on Doki, who gets a bye into the second round. And I, I, got, I got ZSJ all day for both of those. <laughs> Two people have selected the bye to defeat Doki. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Listen, if if Doki catches, if Doki gets Corona or something like that, God forbid, and he can't go through, they will, they will be right. And they'll win. I can't. Oh my God. So funny. Man, I hope it's not a mistake. I hope someone's like, nah, he can't, he can't get into the second round. Damn. Like something's gonna happen. Need to put there some respect a, on my boy Doki's name. There's a chance that outside circumstances take hold and he can't make it to the second round. You never know. Mm. I, that's there's something there. <laughs> Talk about upsets. <laughs> <laughs> Defeated by a vacant. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people are probably not as excited by this side of the quadrant, but like I think Oi was really good. I think yeah. ZSJ is going to be a great uh, like little test for him, and I think ZSJ is one of the guys that does best with these young lions. So and say that, and then Doki's awesome. So I'm kind of excited to see Zach mix it up with these two guys. I mean, Doki's on the Suzuki Goon Tour this year. Like Doki's just gonna he's gonna wrestle everyone in Suzuki Goon at some point. I think I think that's what this year's going to be. So this is the moment for him and Zach Saber, and that'll be awesome. I didn't even think of that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, like you mentioned, Josh, it is very rare to see faction versus faction, but I feel like in a new Japan Cup, and especially this year, this is kind of the year if you want to do inter-faction matches, that this isn't the time to do it because the bracket will kind of work its way out that way. And I do think we are going to see a couple uh, inter-faction matchups on this side of the bracket, including this uh, Saber and Doki match. Yeah, that's definitely happening. So then next up, we have uh, Yuto Nakashima and Aaron Hanare, and the winner of that will face uh, Sonata in the next round. So I think 
Uh, it's pretty clear that uh, Aaron Hanare will get the win over Nakashima and then face Sonata. Does Aaron Hanare get the David Finley treatment in this year's tournament? I'm going to say no, just because it's Aaron Hanare, and we've waited for so many times and opportunities for them to like show that they're invested in him on that level. And they've just proven to me time and time and time again that they're not. And so could it happen? Sure. But I, I don't think they're going with Hanare. I have Hanare getting the upset win over Sonata set up a U.S. title match. Um, I think it's one of those things, again, you're, you're bringing Hanare in. I don't think you just get rid of him. Uh, yeah, but then Hanare gets Osprey. Right. That's what I was thinking. You, you're going to get some of these interfaction matchups. And so. You do Hanare versus Osprey, and it's just one of those things. We've seen plenty of Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. We've, sometimes we've seen LJ versus LJ. So it'll be the first time we see Empire versus Empire. And I think this kind of needs to happen. I think it'll be a good matchup. Osprey will win, but Hanare beats a champion. So he comes out good, and then you can do uh, Hanare versus Sonata in April. I think we'll start getting that for United Empire in the G1 this year. But in my opinion, because of how derailed they've been over the course of this uh pandemic i just don't see them doing those types of ma- not to say they couldn't because you brought up great points jeremy but for this particular unit i don't see them doing matches against one another at this stage of, of their existence personally my only thing but is- oh go ahead chris i was gonna say if if you want to give hanari a chance and establish him as someone who's a really he's a good wrestler, right? And if you want to give him that moment though, even in a loss, you put him in the ring with Will Ospreay. In a in an interfaction, like prove yourself kind of match. And and Osprey gives him all he's got. Hinari gives him all he's got. And that could be a really establishing match for him. So I, I I'm I'm kinda into it. I don't think that's what's gonna happen, but I would I will pay attention to see if it does. Well, the other argument you have for it, too, is Sonata's the current U.S. champion. If Aaron Hanare upsets him, that entitles him to a future title shot, possibly. Sure. So there's also that aspect to it. Yeah. So for he, that- yeah, he upsets Sonata and then goes in and has a banger with Osprey and loses, right? And then, But then kind of shows that he deserves that title shot. And if, is that Hanare's slot in the faction, then? Is the, like lower card i don't know where's the u.s title land is it equal to the never is it above it's above the it never? it's above it now right like yeah they've decided that the u.s title is the the number two and the never's back to traditional never slotting i think they wanted the never to be the number two when they put it on jay white but then you know he's farming um <laughs> I, and good on him for for taking care of his land but um yeah that's that's interesting Damn. Yeah, I think, here's because jumping ahead just a little bit i i don't like osprey versus sonata because if you I, i'm assuming osprey is going to beat sonata and i don't think he's he, not a u.s guy yeah. right you're not going to set up osprey for a u.s match so there's no reason to have osprey beat sonata when you can have hanare beat sonata get the u.s match and then osprey can just beat hanare there will be no u.s implications there well, I'll tell you right now, I've got Sonata versus Osprey, and I've got Sonata beating Osprey in an upset, in an upset that inspires 
someone who's of a higher station to want to come down and get the U.S. title and get revenge. I think that makes more sense. I think that's probably what's going to happen here. And uh, I think that that's how they're going to elevate Sonata along the path, carrying this you know new red belt that he got. That means Sonata could burn through Hanari, Osprey, Great Khan. No. In theory, he could. In theory, he could. And that would make him the uh, United Empire killer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Empire or, or then Great Khan's the person that beats Sonata because then Great Khan is slotted in the U.S. title picture. Great Khan is on the poster for U.S. Dates. Show. Yeah. That's possible, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's two domestic stars. I don't know how well that would do in the States. I, yeah, I don't know. He's on the posters. That's all I know. Right. So they like this... to bring the U.S. championship back for the, the bigger shows, for the U.S. shows. I think the trajectories of Sonata and Ocon at this stage are have been two of the easier ones. But I think once what we're about to get into with uh, – like Osprey and Phantasmo and all that, I think that's a little bit tougher part of this. Uh, that's this is like one of the first mm-hmm. difficult ones for me to really book out. Yeah, so we got we got Bushi facing Osprey. Uh, you know, rematch from some of their best of Super Junior matchups. Um, also, I think it's going to be a cakewalk. Osprey is going to hit and blade this man's head off and walk in <laughs> to uh, face ELP. In the next round, a lot of interesting stuff has been happening with him. You know, the whole storyline and not he lost his confidence, doesn't can't hit the super kick. Um, there's been some issues with him and Ishimori. There's also been comments about him potentially wanting to wrestle heavyweight and him kind of calling out Jay White uh, at the end of last year. So, um, you know, ELP he has the frame. He's tall enough. I think he is somebody if they wanted to go heavyweight, they that they could. Um, but it's interesting here with Osprey. I know, that, I know they do have a history from Rev Pro, and I believe ELP has the the winning. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. Kind of has the, some wins over Osprey and Rev Pro. Is that right? Well, I'm on the spot now. <laughs> well, didn't I will he, say I will say that did did uh, he beat Will Osprey in the Best Super Juniors his first year? I think he did. Yeah, I, I th- will say that. Bushi has fewer prediction votes than the buy against Doki. <laughs> <laughs> That's my uh, my stall as I as I pull up some records here. Let's see. They have uh five singles matches. El Fantasmo beat Will Ospreay in the 2019 New Japan Cup and the best of the super juniors in 2019 as well as in Defiant in the UK in 2018. So he has – El Fantasmo actually holds three wins over Will Ospreay. He's, they're three and two. Yes. Um, but those were all also when they were both juniors, and now it's, you know, different Nine, stage. Will was kind of – Will had been in the G1 after he was in- – after he, uh, before he lost in the Super J Cup in 2019, yeah, he so he been, was he was on he was clearly on the path to heavyweight. He was on the path. He'd been in the Never Division and he'd right. wrestled heavyweights, but he was still, you know, designated as a junior. Obviously, things have changed a little bit. Uh, that's not to say that I don't think that there's a possibility that um, 
Phantasmo could beat him. But after hearing everything Jeremy said and kind of being reminded of like this wavering that they're doing with his character right now, that kind of solidifies for me more so that he has less of a chance of winning than I thought. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Osprey here, uh, getting the win on Phantasmo. I think we'll see some of that storyline of him failing to hit the super kick. Maybe we'll even see like Ishimori trying to interfere and help ELP win and that backfires and then Osprey gets the win. Is there a path to get to? No, that's too out there. Never mind. I'm just not even going to finish that sentence. So to kind of round out this last part of uh, the third round, I think all of us have Great Ocon versus Zack Sabre Jr. And then um, I have Sonata versus Osprey, but I think on some of your guys' brackets, you have Hanare versus Osprey, correct? Yeah, I got Hanare and Osprey. I have Sonata and Osprey in there, but I could see Hanare. But I'm going to I'll probably stick with Sonata if we're just if I'm talking like my gut gut check, you know, chalk bracket. This is um a situation similar to what we talked about before where, you know, anything could happen here, but I think more so than the other round 3 matchups that we predicted, I think that this is one where it's like if we ended up with Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata, I could totally see that. If we ended up with you know, Osprey versus Ocon or Osprey versus ESJ. I think all of these are hyper plausible and really true pickums across the board on 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 both accounts. Yeah, I, I got a uh, Ocon versus Osprey, and then Osprey beating Ocon. Oh, you're that's the United Empire match you're going with. That yes. that'd be fun as hell. Yeah, so I got Osprey beating beating Hanare and then beating Ocon, mm-hmm. kind of setting, setting this record straight that he's the top man in the faction. That's and then he can have Jeff Cobb in the final. He could, yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun arc. I don't think it's the way they'll go, but I would I shoot, I'm here for it. I have Great Ocon beating ZSJ, you know. Technician versus technician, you know, <laughs> and then uh, I have Sonata beating Will Osprey, and at that point, with Sonata beating Osprey, that's kind of one of your big upsets, you know, for the tournament. That sets up Great Ocon versus Sonata rematch from Wrestle Kingdom this past year, mm-hmm. and I see Great Ocon defeating Sonata and going on the path. You know, because at that point, Sonata doesn't need. Sonata's already got his big win over Will Osprey. His story's kind of complete. That sets up a future match between Sonata Osprey. I think Okan beating Sonata really has nothing to do with the U.S. title at that point because we've already kind of established a true uh, title match, and and we're on our way. That's what I see, anyways. Hmm. Let's move on to that uh, last quadrant here on the right side. So opening up with a tough. First round matchup here with the Stone Pitbull Tomohiro Ishii in the Dragon Shingo Takagi. Well, I'll start off by saying this: whoever wins this match is going straight through, um, all the way. In my opinion, most likely to at least the third round, but probably the quarter finals, if not the semis. I think this is a, a pretty important match one way or the other. Because, I mean, you look at who else is yeah. in the quadrant with them, and there's, there, I mean, 
just to kind of make it simple, it's Tangaloa, Chase Owens, Jado, Tiger Mask. I don't see any anyone in that group that could beat either of these guys plausibly. Uh, you could see a Chase Owens upset. That that's the thing that happens by the by, by the third round. Yeah. So that would be pretty deep mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for okay. me, I, I decided to go with Shingo here just because he he went so far last year. Ishii has some U.S. dates. He can do a banger and then head on the plane and get ready for the U.S. tour. Um, and then until the winner would then face Tangaloa, and I, I would have Shingo beating Tangaloa also. That's my exact booking. And yeah. for the exact same reasons you said, um, you know, I think it would be not outside of the realm of possibility because uh, Ishii did beat Shingo in a G1 recently. But, uh, you know, Shingo's probably going to beat him. I mean, he... He's a former champion. <laughs> yeah, I think Shingo should win this. And then we got Chase Owens and uh, Master Hiro Jado, and the winner will face Tiger Mask. Yeah, and so the way I was complimentary of some trios, this is probably one of the weakest trios of the entire tournament, and I think it's pretty clear Chase is just going to go through two old juniors back-to-back. Yep, cradle paw drivers for uh, Jado and Tiger Mass. Uh, so that would send Chase Owens to face Shingo. And I got Shingo being Chase also. Yeah, I think if it was Ishii, Chase's chances of winning that round three match go up exponentially. But if it's Shingo, it's pretty much a done deal. Shingo's going through. Yeah. So then moving on to the bottom here, we have... Uh... <laughs> Chris didn't even say anything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just, you're. I think you're right. Your your analysis is is correct. That who win, who wins that match will make it to the quarterfinals probably. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Yeah. Oh, Chase Chase could beat Ishii. Like that, Ishii can lose to anyone, and it he's impermeable. So, and, but I and Chase, you know, we, we know we know that Chase is is a guy that they like to give an upset to, right? We saw that in the G1. Right. And we can't completely count out Tangaloa either because of the whole Bullet Club storyline that's happening right now. And plus, again, he's another guy that they they brought into the country. Maybe you don't want to beat him right away. So, I mean, there is a possibility, too, that Tangaloa could upset Shingo or Ishii. Possible, but it is also Tangaloa. I didn't think he had the greatest showing in the G1, and I'm sure that that probably will speak to this. I think if they were going to give an upset victory to somebody, it might be Tamatanga, but I don't think it's Tangaloa right now, at least not for this tournament in particular. Yeah, I mean, I, I still got Shingo uh, going through and beating him. Same. So moving on here at the bottom here, we have uh, Taguchi versus Evil with the winner facing Tamatanga. Yeah, I think Taguchi versus Evil's got to be one of the least anticipated matches for me of the entire tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I I hate to say this, but if Taguchi beat Evil, uh, that would be bad booking, even though I'm such a bad, like, or s- such a non-fan of Evil at this point. But uh, I think we have to get the all-bull club match between Evil and Tamatonga going into the second round. Well, yeah, that's the match, and that makes that that makes the second round a little bit more interesting on this side of things too, because you do you are starting to see this Bullet Club thing flare up finally, right? We finally are talking about it. There's different little segments of Bullet Club, so 
I want there I want that to continue, right? I finally go with the storyline, right? Like what is going on with Evil and Jay and Tama? Like you've got a lot of people that think they're the leader, right? Um this could actually be an entertaining civil war. Yeah, I think this is the call to make of everything that's going on. Do these bull club, uh, evil versus Tama. And then, yeah, where does, you know, where do they side here? Does, does, does evil still think Tama's in the bullet club? Is Tama not down with House of Torture? I think this match will help answer some questions to kind of see where Tama's going to be going in the future. Is Tama going to be a face and do his own thing? So I think we'll find out some of that from this matchup. Well, you know, um, it's good that they have other side stories in the midst of a New Japan Cup, but unfortunately, the story of this match isn't can Tamatanga overcome former champion Evil? It's whose side is he part of? Where does his allegiance lay? And I think ultimately, for my booking, I've got Evil going through. You know, I, I just couldn't see a way that Tamatanga is the guy that beats him. Although, if he was, I'd welcome it. So I have the Tama Tonga upset here because <laughs> you could have uh, Tama. I mean, they've he, they, look at his G1 booking. Yeah. They've been booking him as a hot, fiery bear face. I think you have him beat Evil, and then he can challenge Evil for the Never title next month. Um, and I think him winning would give him some steam, especially after being turned on by Jay and being left for dead. Uh, I think you could do some cool things with him getting the win here over Evil. Yeah, I, got, I, I I agree. I've got evil on my bracket, but I would, again, like Josh said, I would welcome the Tomatonga victory. And like Jeremy said, like there's a there's a case to be made for it, because you also need him to not look like a geek after he got like just like shit on, right? You know? So like you gotta if you want him to be a part of the story going forward, which I'm sure they do. He's he's been an important member of both Bullet Club and New Japan for a very long time. Like they're gonna give him a they're going to give him a chance. So uh, I might turn my, when I turn my bracket in, it might say Tomatonga on it. Nah, it's evil all day. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, in my, in my gut check bracket here, I've got evil going to the freaking final four. So I, I just feel like the G one was like a test run of like, all right, how would Tama work? If we turn baby face. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like it worked out and I don't know. I think you, you need to push him. I uh, I agree with that, but I also feel like it's a it's a case where he's signed. He's not going anywhere, and you know, should they push him? Sure, but at the same time, he's up against evil, and they could say, "Hey, kid, we got your money. <laughs> There's a job to do. Go out there and do it." Your assignment for the day is job. J O B job. Uh, so, so the last trio we have uh, Hiromu Takahashi facing Show. Winner of that will face Murder Grandpa and Suzuki in the next round. This one is interesting in the respect that you've got two juniors and then you've got an older Minoru Suzuki, and it's probably easy to write kind of all of them off. But you look at um, the talent that's involved here and. You know, obviously shows kind of doing the evil junior act still, so that might throw a little bit of water on some of this. But in a in another lifetime, any combination of these three guys would have been so fucking awesome. You know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, like Hiromu show opening round match like two years ago would have been fire. 
Yeah. Um, at the same time, though, there is some interest there because of the whole show interfering in the Super Junior Final against Hiromu. That really never did get paid off. And so you kind of can carry some of that into this first round match. And then, you know, ding, 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 the winner has to fight Minoru Suzuki. That's, uh, you know, not necessarily a prize you want to win anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Hiromu Suzuki would be great, though. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm like, that's what I've got on my bracket. Uh, yeah. Hiromu's been in the New Japan Cup and gone deep before. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm hoping that we get Hiromu versus Minoru Suzuki because that sounds so awesome. So I also have Hiromu beating Sho and facing off Suzuki. And upset alert, I got Hiromu beating Suzuki. I do too, but mainly for this reason. Um, Evil versus Hiromu, the rematch. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. I could do that. That yeah. is a thing, yeah. yeah. Now, I would love if Minoru Suzuki went through, but... You know, kind of like Jeremy said, like he's got U.S. dates coming up. They haven't really treated him like a tip-top guy since like he lost to Okada in England. You know, a couple mm-hmm. years back. Mm-hmm. I just I think Hiromu is still like that top junior who just doesn't have the belt right now. They're gonna have some respect and have him go through to the third round. Then uh, I also have Hiromu beating Tamatanga to get a Hiromu Shingo matchup. Oh, I'll I'll say stop. this: <laughs> if if hypothetically Tamatonga were to beat Evil, he should not be jobbing to Hiromu Takahashi in the next round. He's beating a former champion, and he's a heavyweight. He should beat Hiromu. I'll, That's I'll, my opinion. I want Hiromu versus Shingo. So, see, I think you booked this. <laughs> I think you booked this whole quad. Like almost everything you said is possible, but I think that your House of Torture hatred has like been clouded and you just booked this a little marquee on this end. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think anything you've said is plausible. <laughs> Listen, if Jeremy's bracket comes true, uh, it'll be worth it. You know, I, I will not be unhappy at all. If we end up with a uh, Hiromu versus Shingo, like I'll, I'll fucking lose it, but I don't think that's happening. <laughs> but you could get to Hiromu versus Ishii. Mm, yeah, if right? yeah, that'd be that'd be the that, third time they've wrestled. Right, that could happen, and that's a fun match. It's not Hiromu Shingo. Mm. Yeah, um, but Hiromu would have to get through Sho and Suzuki, and either Evil or Tamatanga. Sho and get... Suzuki's no problem. It's the Evil or Tamatanga. Right. right. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. I've got Evil going through. I think I... Evil Sh- Shingo makes the most sense. So I mean, could you have? Hiromu beat Evil to set up a never title match, open weight match with Evil defending against Hiromu. Open weight. Yeah. Mm, you wow. could. What a thought. An open weight title match that's a junior versus a heavy. Yeah. Shock. And that was And Evil. and Hiromu could win that. Yeah, and that was Evil's best title IWGB heavyweight title defense, so that could be a good match. So and Hiromu could then be the never champ. And if Hiromu wants to go heavy, he's got to have a run with the ne- in the never division. You might be onto something there. Just saying, you never know. Don't don't cut Hiromu out yet. I, and I don't think I don't think New Japan can continue to just throw evil to have evil be this like 
dark cloud over every tournament, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they will. Uh, maybe that's just what we're doing. But every tournament, Evil gets knocked out towards the end of the tournament because, or in the end of whatever it may be, because like this groundswell of like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe Evil's gonna win this thing again. And then like there's this huge moment where he loses, like we saw in the G1. So I don't, you can't keep going back to that well because eventually people are just gonna see right through it. But um, he also won the New Japan Cup two years ago. Right. And no one thought he was gonna win the New Japan Cup two years ago. So they are gonna keep going back to that well, probably. Um, I would love it if Hiromu got through and wrestled Shingo or Ishii. Um, I just I think the most plausible thing that's gonna happen here is Shingo Evil. Yeah, that's where I'm at too. So you guys got winning that one. That's a that's a really tough like tough one, but I've got Shingo going through only because at the same time, and I guess we can get into it, I've got Okan Sonata on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I got Okan going through. So you got so Shingo Okan. I just couldn't imagine them doing evil versus Great Okan. That just sounds so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got Shingo versus Great Okan going into the uh semifinals. I got a Shingo Osprey. Um, I mean, I thought I thought about that too. Um, you know, and you could definitely do that. And the winner of that match, being the guy that that wins the tournament, hypothetically, it's not a bad way to go. Yeah, I've got Evil Khan in my semis. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. <laughs> I you know what and I think that that's plausible as far as like could it happen but I think it'd just be such a mistake if they did that from a fan interest standpoint and I don't think that that's a great way to Great Okan is a heel I don't think that they should be putting up against an even worse heel if they're going to be building him even if even if he's not going to win the tournament just to get to this stage I don't think that that's a going to do any favors for him or the United Empire I think it needs to be a beloved babyface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I have written down what I have written down. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you have uh, winning Ocon Evil? Um, evil. So you have Evil Jeff Cobb final? Yeah. <laughs> I have Evil. Well, I already he got beat. So I've got Shingo versus Great Ocon. And I guess we can get to it. So, you know, this is where we're all going to be very divergent because, you know, we've been kind of similar, but we're here now. You've only got four guys. So uh, on my bracket, I've got Great Okan versus Shingo. I got Okan beating Shingo through whatever means that needs to be. I don't know what, but uh, I have him beating Shingo and going into the finals against a surging Tetsuya Naito who beats Kazushiko Okada to set up a final match of Naito and Great Okan, which I think is a possible final match, just given the history between them. Mm. I think I'm going to officially change my picks to have Shima beat Okada. That could happen. And, and put Shima into the semis. I still have Jeff Cobb coming into the semis. I think... I'm actually going to put Sonata 
versus Shingo. I'm going to put Sonata through over Great Okan. I'm going to put Sonata versus Shingo in on the right side semis. And I think I'll have Sonata. I'll, st- I'll, I'll go Sonata Cobb as my final mm. with Cobb winning. So my final four, I got Cobb. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, uh, I'm like thinking it through out loud. He's try, trying to justify it to himself. I'm like, yeah, that's that would, cool, right? That would be cool, but he doesn't sound confident about it. <laughs> I don't know. Jeff Cobb told me he's winning the tournament. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Jeff Cobb doesn't know if he's winning the tournament. He told me. He said it in a tweet. It's a quote tweet. Oh, my God. He's, the man says he's winning. Who am I to think he's a liar? He's a pro wrestler. They're very honest. <laughs> He, he wouldn't try to work you at all. <laughs> it would never work me. What's a work? <laughs> this is a sport, right? Yeah. Uh, so I have Cobb, Okada on the left side, and then Cobb beating Okada. Then I have Shingo Osprey on the right side with Shingo beating Osprey, And then the finals of Shingo Cobb to relive the Wrestle Kingdom match. But I have Cobb. I booked Cobb winning, but I could see Shingo winning so you don't have the person who beating Okada winning it all. That's why Shima has to beat Okada. I could see that happening. Um, Dang. I want Shingo. Now I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and change it to Shingo in the final. The Shingo, only- Shingo, I, I like that Shingo Cobb final. I'm just following you. Yeah. We're just getting there different ways. <laughs> For me, I've got Shingo going deep, but I feel like it's maybe too soon to do the Okada Shingo rematch. And that's the main reason why I held off pushing him or even uh, Will Ospreay super deep in the tournament my feeling and this is just my opinion i could be wrong on it i think that they're going to push a guy like great Ocon all the way through someone who is unproven to a certain extent someone that they want to make you know we've seen them do this in the past with guys like sonata and zach saber jr and evil they tend to usually take more of a risk with new japan cup winners especially on this year where I think most people feel very confident that whoever wins the tournament is not beating Okada. You could go with like a tried and true proven guy, like some of the bigger names in this tournament, or you could go with someone who's never won it and had very few title shots like a Jeff Cobb or like a great Okan. I like those two picks to be the guy to go through to fight Okada because they're going to lose anyways, but they're going to get that big, main event experience against Okada on the big stage. That's kind of why I'm picking great Okada. And that's why I see him beating on my bracket, some of the top names so that, you know, him challenge is plausible. You know, he's beating guys like Sonata and Shingo and ZSJ. I mean, if he, and then Naito, if he were to go through and beat all those guys, you're talking about a Zack Sabre jr. Level Mm -hmm. run through the new Japan cup, which is what I think they're going to do personally. Yeah. From... Especially, especially with Noah Bushi and had Abushi been here and had he beat Abushi, Yeah. That's another one. It would have been a crazy fucking run. Yeah. My only hesitation on Okan is very similar to yours, Josh, about Hernare. Uh, even though he has been getting a bunch of singles runs, uh, singles wins lately. I still think of Okan, like they have, they have not, Gone all the way with him. He's lost to Tanahashi twice. He he had the upset with Naito, but then immediately lost to Yano and then lost to Naito again. So I feel like they've never 
gone with Ocon yet, even as much as they want to. So I'm, I'm afraid to put all my chips on Ocon right right now. I feel that I felt that way when I was booking this out, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be bold here. This is what I think the company is going to do. Um, because I just I look at that other block and like, yes, there are people that could main event a April, you know, giant show against Okada, but uh you know, most of them are just names that I, I don't they the the two names that stand out the most to me are Osprey and Shingo, and it feels too soon to do those. The only other one that I'm like maybe they could go with is Zack Saber Jr. Everyone else I feel like shouldn't be really in that spot with him, including Evil. You know, so that's the, that's that's why I feel so inclined right now that it I look at the the whole field on this other half of the side, and he seems like he might be the guy. This is again keep in mind me discounting the idea that anybody on the on the left side of the brackets is going to win it all because I think that the guy that beats Okada is functionally going to get the May title shot. If I'm wrong about that, then then that busts my entire bracket. Yeah. Well, guys, we did it. We went through the whole bracket. We all have our, our final four. We have our winners. Uh, we also had a, a bunch of questions here on New Japan Cup. Uh, first from MJSPR, he says, "Is bracketology a science or an art?" Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Both. It's one of those. Yeah, and that goes for any of this. Any, I mean, that goes for the the NCAA tournament. That goes for, geez, I mean, any anything you're you're like predicting a bracket with, like you have to look at all everything that goes into it, and especially in pro wrestling where there's like story and competition and good matches like it's a pretty dynamic industry and you have to look at all of it right and so same with pro wrestling in general is a science and an art right like there's a lot of um science that goes into doing what these guys do safely but it's also super artistic in the sense of how they approach it and how they build character and storyline so and you know that's what that is what is so cool about new japan in general is that i think that they look at the science and the art and they respect both ends of it and they they put that forth in the product that they put out and i think you know the new japan cup and the g1 and best of the super juniors like those are all just prime examples of um of how to balance that in a way that's super entertaining yeah, and I think there's also a science to to good booking and you know working through, especially this 48 man tournament. I'm sure Gato was you know scribbling through several notebook papers to kind of get the the perfect ending that he wanted here. Um, I agree with you guys. One thing I will say, if you're listening to this podcast, you guys might already know, but like we do pretty good when it comes to predictions of the New Japan Cup. I think we've gotten really close last year. I know both me and Chris both booked Shingo. Osprey, I think we had different ways to get there, but I won all the contests. He, he won the whole. He won the whole contest. So, you know, all think, of them. I think if anything, you're listening to the right people to potentially be in the right lane. Yeah. Uh, this next question, we kind of answered it by doing predictions, but they asked, "Who do you see beating each ring singles champ in the New Japan Cup, and who would you and who would you pick from those wrestlers again in their respective rematches for each belt?" Personally, I don't see any uh, title changes coming out of the established challengers from this tournament personally. No, I mean, they've been bouncing the U.S. title around a little bit. So that whatever happens there wouldn't 
be super surprising. The never title has always bounced around. I mean, both of those titles are, are coming up on like 45 to 50% of the defenses end up with the title change, which is a lot. Um, so I guess, but, yeah, evil could drop that belt probably. Yeah. Evil could drop that belt and actually like fail upward. Um, or fall back into the tag division or, you know, whatever. So, um, there's not a, there's not much of a path with the never title right now. So I, I actually think they do need to establish something there. Um, but I'm not sure what does it maybe back to Shingo. I don't think you go back to Ishii again. Yeah. I think the most intriguing thing would be Hiromu. Yeah. yeah. Hiromu or you, you do Tamatanga, uh, getting a shot. Um, yeah, you could. I think we're discounting him a little bit by just assuming Roma goes through. But again, he is, you know, the head of a faction. He is a, you know, heavyweight. He's a guy that is more evil than evil in a certain sense and could be evil if they really wanted to. Who was that? You you broke up for a little bit. Suzuki. Oh, Suzuki. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you could get get him back in the never mix out. That could be interesting. Uh, so next question here from Reddit user uh, PSAN91. He says, I know you guys briefly talked about it on the show, uh, on the last show, but I still don't understand how some people got buys in the tournament. It would be nice if they gave uh, some kayfabe reason for it. Otherwise, it doesn't make much sense to me. I got my tickets for the Order Awards show on March 7th as I wasn't missing Shingo versus Ishii live. Oh, that'll be sweet. Um, the buys were established by a random draw, obviously. Yeah, I mean, they kind of alluded that to, to commentary today on the anniversary show. You know, uh, Kevin Kelly was like, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so got lucky with the draw with their buy or their first-round matchup. So, Kevin Kelly is uh, covering up for the company, not explaining shit. That's what's going on there. <laughs> Uh, so the other thing that I saw out there, like the when when it was announced it would be a 48-person tournament, the hypothesis that I saw was that it was going to be like previous New Japan Cup winners and current champions were going to get like the 16 buys. And I like kind of looked at it and I was like, that's going to make for a really terrible first round. And yeah. that is the opposite of what New Japan tries to do with the New Japan Cup. They try to pop your big first round, get you hooked on it. And then like you kind of go through the doldrums of the second or third round. You got a couple of hits in there, but it's mostly just like advancement, right? And then you you start to hit the big stuff in the quarters and semis. So, but there was no way we were gonna just like basically punt the first round in Budokan. I mean, right. that seems that seems like a wild uh, wild assumption to make. Maybe if the opening was like in Corkin or something or something, yeah. something smaller, they could have done some weaker. First but even matches. so, it's all about just getting some attention on the on the tournament before right. it as it as it gets going. Uh, so, Pisan also asks, uh, "What first round matchup are you most looking forward to?" Um, I mean, for me, easily it's going to be Ishii versus Shingo. I'm way in on Okada and Desperado. I think that's going to be a really really cool match. I think that they're both going to bring their A game. And I'm I'm actually really excited to see Naito and Yujiro. Yeah, that uh, the champion versus champion match that was going to that would have been my second pick, but uh, I mean, Shingo and Ishii. 
Yeah, Shingo Ishii, it would be the the number one pick for me. My second would have been Okan Abushi, just because I thought they had a great match in yeah. G one, and then plus yeah. just the stakes riding on that opening round matchup. Uh, but yeah, Shingo and and uh, Ishii all the way. Don't sleep on Will Ospreay and Bushi either. Yeah, I mean their 2019 Super Junior match was pretty good. Yep. And then, and I think that's the main event now. Because I think show. it was gonna, I think it was gonna be Ibushi Okan. Mm. Hey, yeah, Bushi. No main event, Bushi. Time for time to step main up. Main event. Maybe he'll take his T-shirt off. <laughs> uh, next question from Les Commission seven two five two. What match do you see being the best match at the New Japan Cup? Mons is Ishii versus Takagi, but anything else could beat that. Uh, for me, and this is only obviously if it does happen and it's a kind of an outside shot, but I think the rematch between um, Naito and Okada, if it does happen, would be really great. I think if we get Shingo Hiromu, that's probably oh, one, God. one to keep an eye on. <laughs> That would be so awesome. <laughs> uh, for me, just based on how I booked it, I, I do have the Shingo Osprey rematch. We know that's like five stars just by them looking at each other. So that that would probably be end up being one of the best matches. Don't joke about that because there was a match in Noah where these two guys just stood there and looked at each other for like thirty minutes. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there sure was. <laughs> I watched that oh. match. I watched that match live. And guess what? One of those guys is the world champion now. Sure is. <laughs> All's on top. All those Noah fans want to make fun of New Japan. Look at what that gets you. How about it now? How about it now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. They're going to have to start watching Stardom or Dragon Gate or something. I don't know what to tell them. Yeah. No, those are the three fandoms that just battle each other. Or they can just you know come back home in New Japan, watch this forty-eight man cup. They they all did come back home in New Japan. They all wandered to the ring at the beginning of the anniversary show. <laughs> and they sat in their little chairs, and then <laughs> then Joel made that great tweet on the Super J cast that this was a preview of the N one victory tournament. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I was telling these guys like you know everyone thinks Anokiism is uh. You know, MMA fighters coming in, mixing it up in the ring. No, that's not a real Enochism. Enochism was what's going on in Noah right now. Old guys not putting over younger talent. Wonder where they got that from. I wonder if there was like a founder of the company that mentored all those dudes to maybe do the exact same thing. And when he wrestled them when he was old, didn't put them over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's probably what like Muto's like, what do you mean put a young guy over? Anoki didn't put me over, and I was fine. What are you talking about? <laughs> Muto's like, what? what's the point? Yeah, what's the point? How do I look strong if I lose? Yeah, how, how do I get over losing? <laughs> well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, KG, you don't look strong doing a Frankensteiner. <laughs> oh, man, let's go to the next question. So uh, the Dark Soldier says, I know you answered this last week over my idea of having Desperado beat Okada, and you guys were against it, but I feel it's unfair. Okada loses absolutely nothing over losing one messily, measly match to Desperado, and Gato wouldn't lose credibility over being a booker if he did that. It can easily be a roll-up, and at the end, Okada would get his win back later. AJ Styles didn't lose credibility when he lost that one time to Jinder Mahal, and Okada wouldn't lose anything losing only one time ever to the junior champion. 
AJ Styles did lose credibility when he lost that one time to Jinder Mahal. Well, I'll I'll answer this with um, the most reasonable and and honest explanation. You would be throwing a lot of money away if you have Okada get knocked out of the tournament after you've already advertised that he's in the tournament, and then instead of doing you know four or five nights of headlines with him, you're doing them with Desperado. That doesn't really add up for me from a business perspective. I just, I do think that that'd be bad booking, not just from the kayfabe, but from the actual business side, that would be terrible. That'd be a horrible, stupid idea. And I'm not saying that your question isn't plausible under other circumstances, but given how, the company's kind of hurting for money. They kind of need Okada to headline a lot of these shows. Right. I mean, New Japan's barely breaking even right now. Um, so like you mentioned, you're going to make more money if you do four or five Okada main events versus doing four or five Despy main events. Um, next question here from Rambo and Slam Pig. Do you think Ibushi's scratch significantly changed the plan outcome of this tournament? given his track record in tournaments and position in the company, or was he unlikely to advance far anyway? Or will great Okan make an opportunity? Is he a candidate for a deep run? Um, well, I'll say this. Whoever wins would have won that match, would have had a pretty likely like trajectory to go deep in the tournament, but at the same time would have had a, a list of killers to wrestle through. I already kind of showed that in my bracket, the way I pushed great Okan to the finals. If Ibushi was coming through, you know, there's one of two things that was happening there. They were either building him up to have a plausible loss to Great Okan, or they were stacking the odds against him so that when he did come through, it was even greater than people would have thought it would. It, it could have been because he was saying he was still not cleared and yada yada. So, in my opinion, I think he was going to lose either way, but. uh I could see how that might have changed the plans. Yeah, I think Ibushi was either going to lose to Okan, which I actually think was the more likely scenario, or he was going to win the tournament. Like I think I think the Ibushi track was one one or the other. I don't think he was going to lose in the second or third round. I think if he if he beat Okan, he was going to be the tournament winner. And if if not, then he was going to lose. Yeah, I, the same thing I was thinking. Uh, so last New Japan Cup questions here from Ethan Black. First, he says, do you think in the future the New Japan Cup winners should challenge for any title they want? Well, that's what they used to do. But, you know, aside from that one time when Nakamura challenged for the IC title, it stopped making sense because everyone who wins it challenges for the uh, the heavyweight title or for the world title now. So, no, I, I don't think they should do that, honestly. I think it should just be an automatic world title challenge i mean i don't know i guess unless you had a junior win and they want the junior title for some reason i don't know but why yeah why would you if you have a chance to just like punch your ticket to a world title match why wouldn't you take that right yeah that was like it, it, it it just doesn't make any sense to say like nah that now is not my time <laughs> like i just want not... a good old never title shot <laughs> right i me and my management team, we thought it over, and I'm even though I just defeated five different top players in the game, I'm not ready for the world title. <laughs> so, 
Never I only want to go. Yeah, I only want to go and take a world title <laughs> shot that I know I'm gonna win. So I'm gonna. So I want to challenge the KOPW. <laughs> so Sonata, bring your ass out here. <laughs> <laughs> his, his second question says: If a junior wins, do they get a world title shot, or can they challenge for the junior title? If an American wins, do they get to challenge Filthy for the strong title? <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> Yeah, I think if a junior's winning, they're they're going for the world heavyweight title. So, yeah. So we have uh three new Japan Cup shows this week. So on the second, we have uh eight first round matches. We'll have Taka versus Shima, Hummer versus Yoshihashi, Nagata versus Goto, Makabe versus Cobb, Yano versus Taichi, Tanahashi versus Yo, Yujiro versus Naito, and Okada versus Desperado. Then on the second, we'll have uh, Makabe and Hanma, Tiger Mask and Nagata versus uh, Fale, Chase, ELP, and Taiji. Six or nine in Tanahashi versus House of Torture. Chaos team of Okada, Ishii, Yano, and Yo versus the LIJ team of Hiromu, Sanada, Shingo, and Naito. Then three uh, New Japan Cup matchups, Aaron Hanare versus Shuto Nakashima, ZSJ versus Oiwa, and the main event, Bushi versus Will Ospreay. And then on March 7th, we'll have Golden Ace. Well, actually, this needs to be updated because Ibushi is out. There was supposed to be Golden Ace and Great Bash Heel uh, against United Empire. Then ELP, Taiji Nujiro versus Bushi Sanada Naito. Goto, Karayano, Yo, and Yoshihashi versus Doki, Despi, Taichi, Kanemaru, and ZSJ. And then the tournament matchups will have Jado versus Chase Owens, Suguchi versus Evil, Hiromu versus Sho, and Ishii versus Shingo. One quick correction. Uh, the second night is March 6th. Oh, March 6th, my bad. So we got the 2nd, the 6th, and the 7th here. Nice. Well, that's going to do it for this year's uh, preview for the New Japan Cup. Let's uh, cover a couple other things here just real quick and then finish the show. Yeah, so this Saturday we had the conclusion of the New Beginning in USA tour on New Japan Strong. Show opened up. We had Carl Fredericks defeating Ethan HD, 11 minutes and 51 seconds. Uh, I thought this was a pretty good matchup. It's the first time I've ever seen Ethan HD. Uh, they told a good story of Fredericks continually trying to go for the Manifest Destiny, and he was finally able to get it and win. You guys have any thoughts on this match? Well, I think we should just go through the card real quick and then just give general thoughts since we're running close on time. Yeah, so, so uh, match number two, we had ELP defeating Matt Raywald. And then in the main event, we had a strong openweight champion, Philly Tom Lawler, defeating Taylor Russ, 19 minutes and 11 seconds. Yeah, another great, strong openweight defense. Um, that's been a really fun title. Tom Lawler's awesome. Um, was kind of hoping the timing would work out that he would be able to land himself a slot in this new Japan cup, but it was obviously just going to be a touch too early. So I'm very curious to see reactions for specifically him, but also just the rest of team filthy. If they ever actually get into uh, a, one of the Japanese tours, but yeah, a good, another good episode strong, always a good episode strong. You get three great wrestling matches. You get quality stuff. You got some storyline advancement. Um, every now and then you get a little surprise. Um, but yeah, I mean, anytime you've got a singles championship um, defense at the end of an episode, you're killing it. it that's always going to be great. And Lawler's been so perfect for that title. Yeah, I think this is one of the uh, 
better uh, episodes of Strong. You know, um, for this tour, this was the final night of the tour, and you know, the, all four nights have just been phenomenal. And um, at the end of the Tom Waller match, we got uh, Clark Connors coming out to challenge him as the next uh, challenger. So that also looks very enticing as well. And I thought Phantasmo against uh, Drama King Matt was better than I anticipated. Be same thing with Ethan HD versus Carl Fredericks, very uh, you know athletic guy, and uh, you know. I think Taylor Russ still needs to make a, a little bit of headway as far as just gaining more notoriety and visibility, you know, from the fan base. But I thought this was a great accounting of himself. He's a, you know, an awesome man. And him and Tom Lawler had a great match. Yeah. I was uh, really impressed with Ethan HD. He looks really good against Fredericks. And I thought Fredericks looked pretty good as well in that matchup. Uh, ELP and uh, Ray wall. I think this was the best Ray wall match we've seen thus far on strong and, you know, ELP was kind of the face here. You know, he wrestled a lot in that Seattle area, and uh, Ray Wall kind of talked down to the crowd, and ELP was like, you know, I'm the only one that could, you know, bury this crowd. And so ELP was de facto bay face here, got the win, and, you know, they didn't really continue the storyline of him being um, lack of confidence. He hit a super kick pretty easily here and got the, the win with the Thunder Kiss 86. Uh, but fun matchup, and then, yeah, the main event was great with Filthy Tom and uh, Taylor Russell, like you were saying, Josh, um, the crowd was more into Filthy than they were Taylor Russ, and he was like the bay face in, in the matchup here. So Filthy Tom definitely getting over, and Taylor Russ definitely needs to kind of get some more exposure. But awesome matchup. Filthy, he hits like a uh, cross um, straitjacket uh, Kamagoya to the back of the head and then put him in the sleeper to get the uh, submission win there. And then you mentioned while Rhino Clark Connors comes out, looks like he's going to be the next challenger. And based off the taping, it looks like we might get that match in Tampa. So that would uh, be pretty cool. Nice. So next week uh, we get New Japan Strong's return. Rivals night one um, on March 5th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the match is listed for that evening. TJP versus Brogan Finley. Christopher Daniels versus Carl Fredericks. And then Juice Robinson and Dave Finley taking on Ju- Jonah and Bad Dutito in a grudge tag team match. Yeah, so fun little episode there to kick off Rivals and some other strong news. The Mutiny Tour will be taping in L.A. in April. The company announced their return to the Vermont Hollywood on Sunday, April 10th. The taping will kick off a big week for New Japan as they got Winnie City Riot in Chicago set for Saturday, April 16th. And then we got some matches announced for the Lone Star Shootout strong taping in Dallas on Friday, April 1st doing... Uh, WrestleCon weekend so Chris Dickinson versus to- uh, Tomohiro Ishii is official for the Lone Star shootout after uh, posting a video on Wednesday Dickinson announced his return from injury and he challenged Ishii to meet him in Texas really cool promo video if you guys haven't seen it yet glad that Dickinson is back in action and then on social media uh, Jay White was cutting a promo uh, about his next US of J open challenge and Impact Speedball Mike Bailey accepted the challenge, interrupted the promo, and accepted the challenge. So that is also set for Dallas Mike Bailey versus Switchblade Jay White. Yeah, very exciting stuff. Uh, that kind of combined with some of the other matches that Chris Dickinson has announced for that, uh, you know, weekend. Uh, they just announced that he'll be facing Minoru Suzuki in a rematch from their uh, Bloodsport match. So. You know that'll be basically the trilogy match for them, and I'm I'm thinking Chris Dickinson might beat Minoru Suzuki uh, that WrestleMania weekend, which if that happens would be a really big deal. So I'm I'm looking forward to that 
you know, for everything that's going to be happening that WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a, a fun weekend. Uh, then we had a new episode of Lions Roar this past week. Did you guys uh, check that episode out? I have had some pretty serious family issues that have gone on this past week. So, uh, you know, keep my family in your thoughts and, uh, you know, prayers, vibes, that sort of thing. But uh, because of that, I did not see this episode yet. Yeah, I'm behind on Lion's Roar. I uh, had to take some time to prep for the New Japan Cup. And, <laughs> you know, I have uh, I have all my stuff ready and, st- and, and all that, but... Um, when these big tournaments come through, I uh, it takes me some time to organize everything and and be ready to just burn through all this stuff. So, but I'll probably put that on. Uh, the I think I'm three episodes behind. I'm probably gonna, oh geez, <laughs> I'm probably gonna toss that on when we get off here, and I'm gonna try to be awake for the beginning of the New Japan Cup show. <laughs> so, peek under the hood. This is my life. I try. I always try to watch uh, at least like the first couple. Of, uh shows of a tournament live before i start to you know i guess see all the beats so um yeah so i'm gonna i I need something to carry me between this event which is actually not going to go quite as late as i thought it was going to um and the beginning of the show so it'll be i'll i'll let Fale take me (laughs) well i won't uh, spoil it for you guys but it was uh of course another uh solid episode so keep Watching Lions Roar, glad to check it out. It's a great show. No, you can you can spoil it. Tell us about it real quick. Yeah, that show's been great. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> give I'm give not us gonna... some quick thoughts because be we're okay. not gonna we're not gonna cover it next week. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, the the focus was on the younger guy uh, named Dan, and you know, he, he's a funny dude, and he's just talking about how, like, you know, I think he's like he was been training with Follies since he was like seventeen or eighteen, like that, and he's one of the youngest guys, and you know, he always jokes, and you know, Fale kind of gets pissed at him sometimes, but. I just kind of seeing his journey was cool. Very, you know, fun, kind of cocky guy, but he was a, a cool guy, to, uh, kind of learning his story and, and back history. And then he also focused on these, the strength and conditioning coach guy. I forget his name right now, but um, he's running this whole drill talking about, you know, he wants to, you know, take their soul. And he was having them do like the bear crawls and push ups and burpees over and over again. Um, and then they did this one gimmick where they had to essentially, like, one guy would have to grab a medicine ball and try to put it in a tire, but the other guy had to stop him. So essentially they were like wrestling and fighting with the medicine ball and, and trying to get into the, into the tire, which is like a pretty uh, interesting setup there. Uh, that was that was a cool thing. So, yeah, uh, those, those are kind of the highlights uh, of the show. Again, great. Another great interviews, and, yeah, looking forward to, to more Lions Roar. So a couple quick news items. Uh, NJPW's Gabe Kidd is taking time away from pro wrestling to focus on his battle with mental health issues. Uh, In a tweet posted last Wednesday morning, Kidd said that he isn't well, and after 13 years dedicating his life to pro wrestling and putting it first, he needs a rest. Kidd thanked his family and closest friends for giving him the wake-up call that he's needed for a while. Kidd promised that he will be back, and um, in their message on the issue, New Japan said that they're aware of it and giving him their full support and kind of backing him, which is uh, good to hear. Yeah, so hopefully he'll he'll take the time he need and will be uh, recharged and reset because he's an awesome professional wrestler and he was really hitting his stride. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, I was gonna say just thoughts with Gabe. I you know I I know he's a good dude and he um he needed some time away and I think that um I think that it's good that he can come out and be honest about why um, as opposed to saying he's injured or something along those lines. I think in the past that that would have been the path um to not talk about mental health and i think that this you know in in some way 
even just with new Japan or in our little bubble, like that's a, it's good to see someone being honest about what they have going on and taking time to, um, you know, pursue solving that or, or at least finding a way to cope. So, um, good on, good on him for, for being open about it. This week, all new NJPW episodes hit Access TV this coming Thursday. This will be the first week that they have started to actually do up-to-date episodes of NJPW on Access TV. Um, the action from this uh, Golden Series in Osaka, we'll see Evil versus Tomohiro Ishii for the Never Openweight title, and Okada and Tanahashi versus Naito and Sonata Thursday at 10 o'clock, 9 central. So, you know, if you don't have access to New Japan World and you do have access to Access TV, you might want to check this out. Uh, last bit of news here. Um, we had the formation and announcement of Bullet Club Hollywood. We had some questions here regarding this new faction, Bullet Club Hollywood subgroup. Yeah, so on Impact, you know, Jay cutting a promo with the Good Brothers and Chris Bay. They released these new Bullet Club Hollywood shirts that they were wearing um in the promo and jay continues to say that he's working on making the best version of bullet club across aw impact and new japan uh so a question here from less commission 7252 do you guys think they will possibly have a jay white versus tamatango singles match in the u.s or save the match in japan i wouldn't have the match in impact or new japan strong because it should be saved where the group originally started in Japan, and it would be great to see them fight in the G1 or at Wrestle Kingdom. I'll tell you my quick response. The angle was an impact. They should do the match an impact. I think that's what they're going to do, honestly. I think there's a chance that that's something they have earmarked for Windy City Riot, though, if they want to do it on a New Japan show. That's possible, and that would be a good place to do it, too. They've used the they've used the relationship with Impact to build stories or build matches for the kind of bigger New Japan USA shows. So, um, yeah, I th- and but and I also think that that's a marquee match for the US. Yeah. I think the the people still love Jay and people still love Tom Tonga too. So, um, and yeah. they still love Bullet Club for some and they, reason. And they love. Yeah. We saw it in LA. <laughs> People, people, those people in LA loved Bullet Club. <laughs> Jay White was the face <laughs> in this match against David Finley. I mean, like, geez, but you know, um, I mean, I get it. Jay's great, but yeah, so that I, it wouldn't surprise me to see that bounce onto uh, the the Windy City Riot show. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's where I would do it too. It, one last thing I will say though. Um... Maybe they should do it in Japan because do you want Tamatanga to get booed like by the US public that loves Jay White, even though Jay White should be the heel that turned on him and ousted him? Like, because that's a very likelihood. I think Chicago is a smart enough city that I think they actually might lean to Tama. Oh, he said LA, you guys are stupid. I think, I think it, I didn't say that. I just said (laughs) Chicago is. No, I get it. Yeah, and and Tama does his podcasts or did his po- I don't know with um, Ross Berman who's in he's from Chicago like there's some Chicago stuff that goes goes back with Tama. Uh, I can see easily being fifty fifty. I feel like yeah. they're, they're both popular enough guys and both you know bull club guys where I think the crowd would you would kind of get that you know let's go Jay let's go Tama kind of thing. Um, and then Rambo and Slampic asks, what do you make of Gato's backstage comments about Bullet Club members needing to choose sides? 
With Jay White stuck in the U.S. for now, how would a Civil War story play out in the near term? I'm just glad that we're finally, I, I think I said it earlier, we're finally doing this thing. We're like, it's not just like these mishmash of House of Torture and Bullet Club. Like, we're something's happening with Bullet Club, and it's not just, we're not just waiting on it. And we all thought it was going to happen in 2020 G1 with Evil and Jay, but um, they just never went with it. And I'm just I'm just glad that something's finally happening. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see how it plays out. I think in the near term, you in the U.S. you kind of do the, the Bullet Club Hollywood thing, and you have those guys feud with God, and maybe you have Hikaleo side with his brothers, maybe you have Fale side with them, and you kind of have the, the Byron Squad Tongan Bullet Club. Um, but then eventually, you know, Jay's way gets green card. Eventually, we do need to get. Jay's unit in Japan along with Tamla's unit to face off of Evil's unit. Um, and I'm also curious to see kind of where like ELP and Taiji uh, fit in the mix um, and some other kind of straight bull club guys. So, I mean, it's, it's very intriguing right now and um, I'm curious to see how it's going to continue to play out. They've got uh, going for them, which is something that they've lacked in the past when it comes to this stuff. So that's good. Um, I hate that they named it Bull Club Hollywood, you know, because part of the whole thing that made like Bull Club appealing in the first place was them stealing all the like DX and NWO cool shit. And now they're stealing the shit that sucked about NWO. You don't want to <laughs> be a, like, you know, compared to NWO Hollywood because you're Bull Club Hollywood. That's that was like one of the lowest points of NWO. That's a terrible name. They should have done something else. Also, people are going to, keep buying new Bullet Club shirts from, you know, uh, fucking, what's his name? What's the, what's the big, uh, Luke Gallows? Like that dude's going to be hawking Bullet Club Hollywood (laughs) shirts everywhere he goes. (laughs) Big LG. Oh man. So we have a few questions here, then we can get to a recommended match of the week and get out of here. So, uh, NJS PR says on a scale of Einstein to Van Gogh, where does Gato fall? I mean, those guys are peons compared to the great Gato. <laughs> did did Van Gogh ever give you Tanahashi Okada? Okay. Did Einstein ever give you the epic that was Tetsuya Naito's story arc? No. Like fuck those guys. <laughs> I Gato still has both of his ears. I <laughs> <laughs> and and he's alive. <laughs> he's alive. Yes. <laughs> but I share a birthday with Einstein. <laughs> So you did, you did share well. a birthday with him. <laughs> now it's just your birthday. <laughs> now it's your birthday. <laughs> uh, Hawaiian Punch VV has a series of questions here. Uh, first, is Yota Suji a future ace with his recent look with the hair, sunglasses, beard, and scarf? Let it play out. <laughs> I mean, he's got a look. He looks good. I don't know if he's a future ace. Sure, maybe. I mean, we'll never know until he actually comes back, but. I mean, he's been doing good in Rep Pro, and he could be the guy. Is I will ask this: Is his generational rival gonna be Uemura? Like, are, is that how that's gonna go? Seemed like it. You would think, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm into that. That gets yeah. me another like 15 years of being in New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also asked, should uh, Kojima have a cup of coffee at Noah and become the fourth man to hold all three big pure titles, especially with Nosawa's fanboy booking and motto of Oles on top? 
I don't see why not. <laughs> you know me. It'd be better than what they got going on right now. <laughs> I'm all in for Kojima winning something, so. Oh, I'm, man, I'm that would it. suck. That would, This sucks for all those guys over there. It's not even like, I don't want to get into it, but I'll just say that all the, like, quote-unquote guys that are not true, the, the B-level stars, they're not young. You know? Right. They're all older than me. I think, we, and we, I'm not young either. We need to have a, a, no, a Noah Exodus of all the of the good guys in New Japan. That could happen. You never know, man. That'd I mean, something that would be crazy. <laughs> um, so with the recent bad news uh, surrounding Kane Velasquez, I was thinking of the good in his career. What are your favorite Kane moments? I mean, when he beat Brock Lesnar's ass. <laughs> <laughs> When he had when he had Brock Lesnar doing cartwheels around the cage, that was uh, <laughs> something special. But uh, you know, I don't want to speak too kindly of Kane Velasquez because I don't know the details. Sounds like he might try to you know murk somebody today. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know the details. He might be a murderer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not gonna put him over too much, but I like when he puts the mask on and, and does the lucha libre. Yeah, that, I was gonna say. I think <laughs> when he starts doing Hurricane Rana, this is we're in. <laughs> Oh man! Lips. <laughs> His run in AAA was hot. Yeah. Yo, one time when I was in Bible school, um, I had a, a poster that I gotten from like B Dubs, and it had Cain Velasquez and uh, I don't know, maybe Czech Congo or someone else that he fought, and uh, I had it on my wall, and they like came in there and like, what is this? And they ripped it down, and they tore it up, and they said I was like, you know, a sinner because I was watching two men strike each other. Mm. True story. Tragic. I was. I was angry. <laughs> uh, took my poster down. They also, I also had an Eagles poster, and they ripped it up. Damn. <laughs> like the band? Yeah, the band. Well, you know, it's rock and roll, bro. You rock can't. And roll. Yeah, it's evil. It's the devil's music. Yep, all those loud guitars and the Eagles. <laughs> and drugs and Satan and sex. Who doesn't like those sweet, sweet harmonies? <laughs> Uh, so he also asks, who you got in Masvidal versus Covington? Oh, Covington all day. Masvidal doesn't have a chance, honestly. It'll be an okay fight, though. It, it'll be good. I'm not going to be it, It's my girlfriend's uh, birthday weekend, so I will not be watching this fight. And uh, I'll be in Orlando for AW Weekend, Rampage, Revolution. Our boy Rich Latta will be performing at the concert on Saturday with uh, Montezzi. So that's where I'll be this weekend. Uh, and his last question here Did you check out Jack Catterall Getting robbed against Josh Taylor this past weekend Personally I thought Taylor lost the first six rounds He even got dropped in a point reduction In the second half I feel for Catterall Because he should be unified champ at 140 And he's not I didn't watch the fight I heard that the refereeing was uh, horrendous And the, the judging was uh, Maybe even worse So we'll see what happens It looks like Josh Taylor's going to 147 So I don't think he can make the weight anymore and last set of questions here from the Dark Soldier. First, considering he lost his show recently twice, is Yo still a hoe? Yeah. Yes, my my stance hasn't changed. <laughs> I have no comment because I don't need Karen in my DMs. <laughs> he uh he's got a shot to redeem himself if he can beat the ace of the universe. <laughs> Hiroshi Tanahashi, then maybe he won't be a hoe anymore. I don't know. 
Uh, he also asked, what are your thoughts on the very brief NJPW stint of Jeff Jarrett in 2014 when he joined the Bullet Club? And remember, Global Force Wrestling. Ha. Jeff Jarrett never loses. Never loses. I was just, That was exactly what I was going to say. Man, Somehow stay, the man always wins. He's uh, doing something within with NWA now. Yeah, he's refereeing the uh, Cardona-Aldis match. Yeah, he's going to find a way to win. Gets that payday. Don't be surprised. He's he, going to put... He, he might end up with a Bullet Club Hollywood shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoever said he wasn't still a member of the Bullet Club. I mean, it's for life. A- it? Adam Cole made it pretty clear that they took an oath. <laughs> it's for life. Like, you don't just leave. Like, Yeah, he was represented... In, in WWE... The members of NWO most recently that were there was Prince Devitt, AJ Styles, and Jeff Jarrett. That was like the trifecta that established, you know, the true bull club in WWE. So mm. uh, his last question, why does NJPW always have trouble with the booking of their tag division? Do they just not believe in the strength of a good tag division? Yeah. <laughs> have you, do you watch product? That's that's exactly what it is. They don't care about tag team wrestling. They focus on other shit. Well, they've had, I mean, majority success with the, the big singles feuds and, and programs. And, you know, from time to time, I think a lot of their tag team division is based on Gaijin guys. You know, we've had Killer Elite Squad and War Machine and Bin Juice and teams like that. And we don't really have that right now. I think they've been doing an all right job with what they had in Japan. But also when the boards open up, we're going to get... Aussie open and we're going to get some, you know, other teams into the mix and it'd be better. I want to, I will say this guys, and this is a dirty little secret. A lot of people don't like to admit tag team wrestling doesn't get respect or cared about in most wrestling for almost its entirety of history. It's not like new Japan is some anomaly because they don't focus hyper focus on tag team wrestling, but uh, you know, everyone else does, or, you know, like, in my lifetime, I can think of like three or four places where tag team wrestling kind of somewhat mattered. Like, you know, Crockett in the 80s, immaculate tag team division. WWF in the 80s, immaculate tag team wrestling. New, uh, All Japan in the 90s, yep. And then uh, AEW now. AEW's probably got the greatest tag team roster in the history of wrestling ever. And that's about it. I mean, you can make a case, I guess, for Attitude Era wwe but that was just guys jumping off ladders they weren't even really <laughs> having good tag match that's that's one of the craziest things people act like wwe had a great tag division they just had a bunch of great characters who were in tag teams who were not having good tag team matches you know but fans that's of the, about of the, it of the, of the ism just jumping off stuff new japan's like for c- comparatively speaking to their whole history this has probably been like the best era of tag team wrestling they've ever had the last like two to three or four years you know yeah which isn't saying much but i mean <laughs> we, we we did get you know golden ace we did get dangerous techers we did get the young bucks you know we had war machine had red dragon war, yeah so i mean this is this is the pinnacle of tag team wrestling in the history of new japan right now and it doesn't stack up that bad compared to a lot of other uh oh you know what NXT had a really good tag division at once upon a time. Yes. That's, Did you that's mention, about it. You said All Japan? Yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure that got out. Yeah. I 
honestly wasn't paying attention. But it's not like there's been a bunch of places where tag team wrestling like headlined and drew money and was a big deal. Right. It's always right. a secondary act. And or, or there's the approach of putting like your big single stars in tag teams when they're not. And and New Japan has started to do that a little bit. They did that with um, Naito and Sonata. They did that with Ibushi and Tanahashi. Like so, that is I think promising. Yeah. In in some way. Yeah, I think I think good things are to come, especially when the, when the borders. Uh, open. Oh, I mean, think I mean I've got a list of we uh, some other. Uh, another group we put together a list of like all the talent that new japan has like access to um when it comes to like built relationships throughout the pandemic and there are so many good tag teams both that have appeared on strong and guys like aussie open and um even some of the AEW guys that people have basically that have basically said like they want to get over like there could be we uh there's a good world tag league in the world like it, it could happen a good Ta- engaging exciting world tag league world tag um, league is great every year i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> listen i watch every second because i gotta count the tags and get my little stop watch out <laughs> um i'm a big i'm actually a big fan of world tag league i think it's uh, it, all the tag leagues in, in japan are typically pretty fun and interesting it's just like the timing of the new japan world tag league is just really really rough because you're right recently it's been like you're already fatigued from the g1 and then you've got best of super juniors happening at the same time and then you're also trying to build to wrestle kingdom like it's it's that's been challenging so i hope that that all gets kind of shaken out this year but and i hope that they can get some talent into the into the country because even even something like gals and anderson like at least that freshens something up it's something different yeah well let's wrap things up here with the recommended match of the week last week josh you recommended uh the match from takataichi mania 2 between june kasai and el desperado i did uh check this match out um Crazy uh, death match right from the get go. Uh, Jun Kasai sticks the you know the skewer things in Despy's head. He's busted open. Um, so you know you had all your plunder, the the barbed wire uh, table gimmick, and these guys were going back and forth. I was a little confused at what was happening with the referee interaction because this was I thought it was a death match and no DQ, and like the ref was like trying to take weapons away from them and seeing like the match like stopped at one point and then was restarted. And then it's the match ended in like a, a no contest after that they had both both pushed the ref, but it's like a death match. So why is there a no contest in a death match? Uh, I don't know, but I mean, it was a wild, crazy, bloody brawl. But was not ups, not happy with a uh, you know no contest finish in a death match. Hey, it is what it is. It was still fucking desperado in a death match against June Kasai. <laughs> so yeah, it was cool. I mean, definitely worth uh, checking it out uh, if you guys have not watched it yet. Before we uh, get to this week's recommended match of the week, uh, they just announced three new matches for Strong Style Evolved in Tampa. Would you like me to break the news over the air? Yes, go for it. So we have a singles match between Yuya Uemura versus Buddy Matthews. Uh, put it, I'm flying to Tampa. Let's go. I, I got a place you can stay at. I know. We, That's we, why we, I might come. We have a special tag team match between Fred Rosser and Fred Yehai 
teaming together against Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia, Red Death. Ooh. Oh. And then in the main event, we have a strong openweight title match as Tom Lawler defends his title against Clark Connors. Let's go. Is Connors the guy to take it off of Tom? Literally, this text says, do you think Clark is the man to finally dethrone <laughs> Tom? I think we're everyone's having the same thought. I'm like, well, Clark's been built up, and I don't know. Important. Like, take the belt off Tom right before Mania weekend? Yeah, maybe. I don't think so, but uh, I'm not not because I uh, like I'm discounting him, but it's because of what you just mentioned, Jeremy. Oh, there's another match too. I for, I didn't even see this one. Rocky Romero and Wheeler Utah will be teaming up to take a take on Jared Kratos and Black Tiger as well. So uh, chaos versus uh, Team Filthy. Yep. Yeah, nice. That's a fun show. Yeah, it's a really fun show. And you got Buddy Matthews still coming in. I didn't. Buddy. You know, we kind of haven't heard from him in on the New Japan side of things since. Um, well, he the Okada match. He, he will be on the he's he was on the rivals taping. So the next set of strongs, he will he has a match. I think okay. I, I think I forget against Narita. Maybe I forget. I forget oh, it was Narita. Something yeah. something with Narita. Yeah, I think that the uh, synergy between AEW and New Japan when it comes to the strong stuff is kind of cool because you have some of these guys are getting featured weekly on TV, mm-hmm. and then they're showing up on these cards and like maybe people aren't familiar with you more Ren Narita. But they know Eddie Kingston, and they know you know Buddy Matthews or whatever, and that's uh, I think as those guys get more established, it will only continue to help what New Japan's doing with Strong as a brand. Sure, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I failed to ask you if you had a. Oh, I match, figured, but Come I, on. but I know you know you know the deal here, so I have been here before. I'm going to go, I guess, kind of chalk for the season, but I'm going to go with the 2018 New Japan Cup final. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Nice. I haven't watched that since it aired. Um, so yeah, definitely down to check that out. Should have picked uh, Naito and, and Ibushi. You know, I, that was the other one that crossed my mind. Um, <laughs> the, the head but, drop match. I, head just, drop I, match. <laughs> I watched Naito Ibushi matches. I mean, that's like my favorite rivalry, so I didn't want to be too obvious. <laughs> well, nice. I might, I, I might just watch that instead. And... <laughs> well, I won't be here next week, so uh, I don't care what you do, but I'll be listening because I always do. Jeremy's going to in this match between uh, Sabre and Tahashi. It's better than I remember it. Yeah, but uh, I watched uh, you know, Naito. <laughs> I, watched, I recommended Bushi. myself a match. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well uh chris thanks so much man for coming on again uh tell listeners where they can find you online anything you got coming up yeah so twitter at the chris samsa that's t-h-e-c-h-r-i-s-s-a-m-s-a best place to get in touch with me and then uh supporterprowrestling.com i'll have daily previews of all the new japan cup shows uh starting with night two and I think, yeah, I think those are just going to go up at sportofprowrestling.com. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to pump those over to Voices of Wrestling. So, um, so yeah, sportofprowrestling.com is my spot. Nice. Well, next week we'll be back to review the uh, first few nights of the New Japan Cup. So if you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation by visiting socialsuitflex.com slash donate. 
and click on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong Style logo. Make sure you connect with us on social media on Twitter. The show is at KI Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. The network is at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we're facebook.com slash social suplex. On Instagram, we're at social suplex. On Reddit, I'm the pro black guy. Just keeping a strong style. You email me, Jeremy, at socialsuplex.com. Make sure you check out all the other shows that we have here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. The Grave Consequences, hosted by Caleb and Maserati. All Things Elite with Floyd and Austin. And the AEW Match Guy Podcast, hosted by Sir Sam. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Ichiban. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.